Welcome to the 308th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on October 30th, ooh, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 5% of this here show. With me is the man who is seriously creeping me out, Carlos Rodella. I'm standing right behind you. Too close, bro. Too close. Six feet, please. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll get back. I'll get back. <laughs> yes, ooh is right. We are here on the Halloween episode of the podcast. October Spooktacular, baby. We are celebrating... The darkest aspects of the human experience and Orange Pumpkins too. We're celebrating all those things. Yes, and it's going to get a little weird because like our podcast, we bring you unusual games sometimes. And I know from my perspective and the games I played, I have a lot of unusual horror games to talk about this episode. Yeah, you know, I'm really happy about that. I think you did a great job, Carlos. And I, I really hope that the stuff I bring is also um, unusual in the same way. Because not to, and I'm not calling anybody out here, but I feel like a lot of times when Halloween comes around and it's always like, oh, the top 10 scariest games, it's always like first person, super dark, like you're in a weird house, a spooky house, haunted house, or it's really bloody. And I'm just like, dude, those are so typical, so cliche. Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe they're effective for jump scares. And, you know, I think just it's human nature to be scared in the dark and stuff. But like, I wanted to do something absolutely 100% not that. And it seems like you were kind of on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, you get bored of the same, I mean, obviously the same template of type of a game. Yeah, template, exactly. But also with horror, like, you know, for me, I don't know why. um, I just don't get scared of scary games. Uh, I guess I have a special talent that way. So on top of just like not being scared, then like you said, I'm just kind of like bored of the same run of the mill. Okay, I got to go hide for a while. Yeah, and then exactly. come back out and I'm underpowered. And so anyways, I found a ton of games that were different, but also spooky and weird. Uh, so I'll bring those to the show today. And then you have some as well. So yeah. I think we have a good mix. I think it's going to be a great Halloween show. Hopefully people listening um, who are interested in the season will find something here to like that is not just the usual first person stuff. In fact, I don't think I even have a single first person game on my list. Do you have any? I have one, but it's one. again different in a way. Okay. So that's a pretty good ratio. So good, good, good. Before we get to that though, we do have some housekeeping to take care of and as as usual, listeners know, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. We're doing housekeeping right here, right now. I've got a couple things, uh, but what do you got this week, Carlos? Well, hold on. It is uh, this episode called Haunted Housekeeping. Haunted Housekeeping. I and love it. Okay. cobwebs everywhere. And boxes I can't... are floating. Yeah, the boxes are floating. And I can't even see the boxes because there's so many cobwebs and spiders. And it's just gross in here, but also part of the season. So Excellent. excellent. Um, yeah, I only have one box. Ooh, okay. Go for it. I think the ghost took all the rest of my boxes. <laughs> That's what happened. Poltergeist snatched them away. Um, they're back. Oh, oh, wait. Did she say they're back or they're yeah, here? Yeah, They're here, I think, and they're, they're back. They're here. They both? Oh, because yeah. they, they made two movies. They made a sequel, yeah. Poltergeist. Um, so the, the only one I have is TamingGaming.com. Uh, my article is up, the interview I did um, over there, and it's um, called Carlos Nurturing Empowerment Through Fantasy. Yeah, and, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, I'm with a question mark. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, no, it was really great um, to to do the interview and to kind of go back through my childhood and 
all the different games I've played. Uh, talked about Zelda, Bonk, Earthbound, Ultima, Skyrim, all those. And it covered years 10 to 47. Um, and I just thought it was really cool to go through it. It was kind of like a therapy session in a way uh, because I really did kind of like figure out how I was using games to like help me throughout my life. Sure. Um, so I, I recommend a, a good read for anybody if you want to check it out. And also to share if you had some of those kind of same things with me, like escaping into games for those types of reasons. Yeah, it's a great article. And that was done by Andy Robertson, correct? Over at yep, Gaming Gaming? Yep. Andy and yeah. I talked for a while. It was great. Great article. And I got to say that picture that you posted of young Carlos. Oh, my oh, God, geez. folks. Even if you don't care about therapy or games or anything... Uh, click over to that article just to see the picture of young Carlos because that, what a handsome little guy. It looks just like you, but smaller, <laughs> but smaller, younger, and that hair is fucking top shelf, dude. I was like, oh my God, I'm so jealous of that hair in that picture. Um, very cute picture, my friend. Okay, there's that's very kind, but it's also incorrect. Basically, I couldn't get a haircut. Like, I just felt like my hair just grew upwards. But and it looks then, so fucking awesome, dude. I love it. Really? Yeah, it looks amazing. I think we just couldn't afford many haircuts, and I just like just had to have it blown out like that. It felt like a weird 80s thing. I don't well, know. Well, that just means that you, you know, that's your natural state of being is like you got that badass <laughs> hair, dude. That's amazing. It's a little different now, but it's it's similar where it does just go up in the air. Um, yeah, go check out that picture. It's pretty funny. It's me opening a wrestling ring uh, steel cage match, which I still to this day think is one of the awesomest presents I got in that, in that the action um, set that you, that I opened in that picture, they have little handles or like, um, I don't want to say controllers, but little things you can put your toys in like your action figures. Yeah. You put your figures in there and move around and you move them around. I still don't see that to this day. I, you know, I haven't been following the updates in the, the wrestling toy. Right, arena. that's true. That's true. Neither of us. So, so who knows what? I mean, it's probably all VR these days. Who knows? But yeah, I remember those, man. You, you plug your figure in and then you like, kind of move around like a little, it's not like a joystick. I mean, it's kind of like a joystick. But yeah, you're not like really. controlling your action figures and I'm fighting them. And I guess I'm fighting the ring. Yeah. If they fall out of the holder, then you lose. I don't know what we did. Yeah. Anyways, check out anyway. uh, taminggaming.com and just search for Carlos Nurturing Empowerment or just search for Carlos. You'll probably find it. Um, and we'll put a link maybe in the show notes. For yeah, people. just send it over, man. We gotta. I'll, I'll put it in the, in the show. Notes. I know we say that all the time, and we never do it. We will but do it for send this me one. that link. Send me that link. If yeah, it's an important link. We'll get it in there. And okay. uh, thanks again, Andy, for having me on. Uh, and it was really fun. Yeah, Andy's a great dude. Love Andy. Uh, okay, let me give you my boxes here before we move on to the main content of the show. First off, just a quick heads up to anybody. I think we mentioned this last week, but uh, all the Amnesia games plus Soma are on Game Pass. Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, we mentioned that they're on there. Okay, so they're still there. Check them out, especially Soma. Uh, just in terms of narrative, um, I have some issues with the gameplay, but man, that narrative, fucking 10 out of 10, buddy. That is a great-ass fucking sci-fi story. Just so good. So mm-hmm. good. Anyway, uh, okay, so the next piece of story is, let's circle back. We talked about Helena Taylor, who was the voice actress of Bayonetta. Remember we talked about that like last yes, week or the week before? Yes, and I've been following her. Oh, yes. my God. Okay, so fuck her, man. Fuck her so many ways because – so, okay, to recap, we talked about this when the story broke, but Helena, 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 whatever, Ms. Taylor made a post on Twitter, and she's like, hey, y'all, I'm the voice of Bayonetta, and I want you guys to know that they fucked me over because they were only going to give me $4,000 to be the main star of this giant multi-million dollar game, and these guys suck, and boycott their game, and they're terrible people, and please support me. So that was what we knew, and the studio 
who is making Bayonetta, which is, uh, is it Platinum? It is Platinum, isn't Platinum, it? Platinum, yeah. Platinum. They weren't saying anything. They didn't say anything at all. So the only information we had was her story. And most of us, like, were immediately like, oh, that sounds like totally not enough money. That's too bad. We feel bad for you. Like, you know, and we're so used to um, corporate people fucking us over. Like, it just seemed to make sense, right? Like, we all hear these million stories of corporate America, nickel and diming the little guy, and voice actors not getting their due and all this stuff. And so, like, not everybody... Not everybody rallied to her side, but like a lot of us were like, oh, that we feel so bad for you. That's terrible. And, you know, we gave her a message of support and we, we talked about the story, obviously, on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So come to find out, there's a lot more to that story than Ms. Taylor shared, which makes me feel very upset with her. Um, so Jason Schreier, who is, uh, I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the most well-known video game reporters, I believe. I mean, he works at, what, Forbes or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, he's he's well-known. dude. He's like one of the top. I mean, I know him, but I have like, I have thoughts about game journalism right now. So I will just keep that to myself. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole other (laughs) podcast, man. That aside, but, but point being, he's a legit journalist and uh, whether you like him or not, he does a pretty thorough job. Like he's pretty investigative and he, he backs up his, his stories and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he came out to say that actually that was all, um, a very, very, very small section of the truth. Basically what happened was from what he says, uh, and it seems to be corroborated that they offered her something more like between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars, and for whatever reason she said no. I guess she wanted some residuals, and they weren't going to give her some residuals. Um, so whatever happened, they had some kind of a, a dust off or something. She decided that she's out, and then afterwards, if I get the story straight, uh, they came back and said, "Well, if you don't want to do it for twenty thousand, that's okay. But how about four thousand dollars for a cameo?" And then that's the point at which she like lost her shit and like went on Twitter and basically misrepresented the entire situation. It wasn't until much later, um, and I think it was even after Schreier's story broke, that people from the studio at Platinum came forward and said, yeah, that's actually not what happened, you guys. So she played everybody. She played us for sympathy. Um, and she was not honest. And I think that she she knowingly misled the game community into trying to you know boycott the game or hurt their sales. Because she didn't think $20,000 was enough for that role. I mean, and maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. uh, But that's the kind of thing that you negotiate with. And if you don't come to a conclusion, you certainly don't lie about what was happening. And I feel like that what she did, that was a lie. Like she knowingly mistold that story and left out key information. So it wasn't even just like a, hey, they're doing me dirty. It's like you lied. Um, Also, come to find out that apparently she's also a Trump supporter and she's also rabidly anti-trans. So fuck her at okay. least three different ways. Well, that was a couple other things I didn't know about. Um, I'll just say this one thing before the other last tidbits you just uh, tacked on there about her. Um, I think just in general, people just need to give more information in the beginning because I don't know about lie because for I'm not, I'm not even supporting her. I'm just saying that like if she or anybody else came out and said, hey, I was offered $20,000 and that wasn't enough, which totally makes sense because salaries are more than that, right? And somebody in doing voice acting might have to have that sure. job be I... the whole year's salary. Um, that would have been better. And then Agreed. she goes, and then she goes, and then they asked me to do to, to give me $4,000 for a cameo. Can you believe it? I'd have been like, yeah, that is kind of rough, you know? That makes sense to me. Like, just come out with the whole story. So, yeah. To me, that's how I see this thing going down. It's just like she should have just said everything. And I guess she was just trying to, like you said, sympathy card with the easiest piece of information to give Twitter, which is, hey, can you believe this? You know, and they're going to eat that up. So, yeah, I don't like the fact that she didn't give all the information because then it just makes you feel like, well, now we don't know how to trust you. Right. I mean, zero trust now. I mean, my opinion of her was nothing before this happened other than voice actor that I enjoy. 
And now I think she's trash. So, I mean, that to me was just like you said, if she had, I mean, I think obviously what happened was if she had come out and said, oh, they offered me 20,000 or 15 or whatever, and that's not enough. Half of Twitter would have been like, fuck you. That's a ton of money. Right. She wouldn't have got the sympathy. She wouldn't have, well, she wouldn't have had people rallying to her side. So she, she totally twisted the facts, left out a huge chunk of the story, made it seem like she was getting completely lowballed disrespectfully. Yeah. And that's just not what happened. So Helena Taylor, fuck you, man, that, that we felt bad for you or I did anyway. And I shared the story out of concern and you fucking played me. So okay. you're dead to me now. Fuck it. All right. And I'll, I'll, I'll end this segment with, um, beware the horrors of misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> One of the scariest monsters out there right now. Right. Man. To bring it back to Halloween. Ooh, he, the horrors of he said, she said. Oh, God, that's very scary. I just have one more little piece of uh, housekeeping before we launch in. I'm not going to talk about this in the main segment. I may talk about it later. Uh, but, Carlos, I'm sure you've seen people playing Marvel Snap. I talk about Marvel Puzzle Quest all the time, but this is a brand new game, Marvel Snap. Have you seen it? Have you played it? I haven't played it yet. It's all over my TikTok. Uh, they're doing a lot of huge ad campaign on TikTok. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, But, yeah, I haven't installed it, weirdly enough. So, yeah, have you? I have, and I've been playing it like a motherfucker. I got to tell you, you know, Marvel Puzzle Quest, which is my my long time. I mean, I'm like nine years deep in Puzzle Quest, so I'm not Crazy. going anywhere with that. Um, but, I, you know, I tried Snap. I got a lot of PR outreach, you know, kind of like you said. They're really doing a big push for it. They, And I believe that some of the people behind the game are some of the people who worked on Hearthstone. So they've definitely mm. got like some like legit, you know, real game people behind it, not just like your, your mobile monetary bullshit, you know, like mm-hmm. the real designers. Um, and so I, I gave it a shot, and at first I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Played it for like an hour and I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay. And I kind of put it down, but then it was kind of like in the back of my mind, I was thinking about it a little bit more and I'm like, well, maybe we should try it again. I don't know. It's, it wasn't too bad. Like maybe I'll give it a shot, which is stupid because I've like literally fucking no time, dude. Like any, any free time I have is like gone with like a million other things. The last thing I fucking need is another fucking phone game to take up my time. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a stupid move on my part, but I'm like, okay, I'll come back to it. Give it another chance. Um, and it was fine. And let me talk to uh, Rowan Kaiser. I don't, we mentioned Rowan Kaiser before. I've known Rowan for years. Uh, I love Rowan. And they were originally on the um, Josh and Jay podcast, which was one of my all-time favorite podcasts. It's, it's defunct. They stopped it a long time ago. But the Josh and Jay show was one of my favorite shows. Um, and that's where I met Rowan, uh, I believe. And Rowan is a killer strategy brain, strategy game player. Uh, I think they're often on the Four Moves Ahead podcast or something like that. And so I was asking Rowan a couple things that I didn't understand about the game. And Rowan knew, because Rowan always knows. Uh, and so once they filled me in, I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, because honestly, the game's tutorial is not great, which is like the the case for so many games these days. But once I figured that out with a little help from Rowan, I'm like, oh, okay, now this, I, I see where this works and I see what this is doing to this. Okay, cool, this is pretty cool. And I've, I, I just like been playing it like constantly. I can't put it down. Um, what it is basically, it's a deck builder game. Uh, but it's really small and it's really fast. So you may eventually unlock 100, 200, 300 cards. I don't know how many cards are in the set. I'm still working on that myself. But your maximum deck is, I want to say it's like 12 cards, which is tiny for a little, like a deck builder. 12 cards is basically nothing, right? Yeah. So you got to choose 12 out of like X hundred. And they all have different things. They all do different powers, as I'm sure you imagine. And, you know, one card for each Marvel character. There's like a billion of them. And so you got to just kind of figure out, like, which 12 are the ones you want to roll with. And everybody else is doing the same thing. That's already pretty cool in itself because with so much choice and so many ways that cards can interact with each other, like one will buff one or one will hurt one, one will kill one, one will add one. Like, you never know. Like, there's all these combinations. But the thing that really makes this game key is that there's a, a, a battlefield where there are three slots. 
And every one of these slots is randomized. And like, for example, um, you'll start a match, you'll see three blank slots. You don't know what they are. And the first one will be, uh, all good guys here have plus five power. You're like, oh, okay, if I got good guys, I'm going to play them there. The next one will be anybody that gets played here uh, gets delayed by one turn. So whatever their powers will come in later. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to avoid that one. And the third one will be like something random. Like it'll be like, three different powers. And so like, even though you may have a deck that works a certain way that you want it to, it always changes because the play field could be totally different. Like oh, okay. I have a deck that really works great, but if I get a play field where it's not to my advantage, then I'm fucked. And like, you got to like on the minute, uh, like just really re reconfigure in your head. Well, okay, well, shit, I wasn't expecting this battlefield. What can I do on this battlefield with the guys that I got? And you can't swap cards in and out. Like you got to come prepared. So it's a really cool multiple levels of strategy, which I think is really great. Um, I think it comes together really well. And each match is time. So like, you're never going to spend more than like five minutes on a match, maybe less than five minutes, even mm. maybe three minutes really fast. And the final cherry on this cake is there's a little betting uh, mechanic, which I didn't realize at first. They don't explain it very well, but if you think you're going to win, you hit this little button at the top that's like, I bet, I bet I'm going to win, and you can like double these points, which are not money. It's not money. It's not uh, It's not anything you can put real money into. It's just within the game. If you get more of those points, you unlock these bonus uh, cosmetics. It's totally no big deal if you don't do it, but if you do do it, it just gives you like that little extra little buzz in your brain of like, yeah. oh, I'm gambling, I'm gambling, dopamine, but there's no money. Like, there's, exactly, exactly, but no money at all. It's not. A, it's not a real gambling thing. I want to be clear about that. Um, so I think it works really, really cool. Monetization is really laid back. Like if you, you don't have to put any money in, uh, and you can play all the way through their initial season pass. Uh, it's just like a Fortnite season pass where like the more experience you get, you unlock more goodies. Once you finish the season pass, they're like, Oh, would you like to do a second season pass with extra goodies? And if you do, it's like 15 bucks or something. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I will. And I get like, and that's where like a lot of the, like, the really like kick-ass cards are, right? So like, you're not going to be getting all the amazing best cards if you don't pay, but you can still have a wonderful experience and have a lot of fun just with the basic cards. But for me, I can't play that way. My, my brain doesn't let me do that. Yeah. I've got to get the best cards. Of course I do. And dude, I mean, 15 bucks is like nothing. I've been playing this game fucking constantly. So Well, yeah, we spend $15 on games all the time. Um, I'll ask two questions. Yeah. One, I mean, yeah, you don't need another game like this because I feel like this is another, I super don't. I super don't. Another uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest, but also, um, so you don't feel like the monetization you didn't bump up against it at all. No, not which at is all. great. Um, I do. I am a little worried about that betting thing, and because obviously, what every single you know, specifically mobile game want you to do is to get addicted so exactly uh, the betting thing is is scary to me because that's exactly what that does to people's brains uh it just makes them want to do it more which is why gambling's a problem yeah. so i don't know about how i feel about that even if it's just points i think that makes me uh confused but other than that you didn't pop against the monetization which is great um they have some great people behind it it seems like a win-win especially for, for a free game uh, to start right so. yeah yeah it's free and yeah like and, and like i said if you don't want to put any money in you don't have to and and again i kind of agree with you about the betting thing because i i didn't engage with it for a long time because i believe it's just cosmetics and stuff it's not anything that you need um but you know like it feels great to win but then when you lose points like you lose points you're like oh i lost some and it gets you you know it totally sends you to that like little gambling spiral yeah luckily yeah, yeah. there's no money it's just it's just the points but i you know i i think it would be okay if it was gone i think that maybe i don't care for that so much but it's funny because the gambling mechanic is called the snap and this game is called marvel snap oh. so it's kind of weird if they take it away then it's just i mean it, i guess you could just leave it marvel snap nobody knows um but uh, it, it does seem like they really banked on people yeah wanting to get that 
fake gambling feeling because again there's no real money attached so to I'm it i'm telling so. you i don't like it okay i don't like that part of it but i will say ask you one more question about it and then we'll yeah. move on to halloween stuff halloween stuff. um is is there like a campaign and story as you're playing through that season no no story whatsoever it's okay. just straight up a card battling game but there's tons of cards to look at unlock all your favorite marvel characters um there is a season pass that you can do for free that gets you like a whole bunch of extra cards there's a bonus season pass and they're also doing right now um, two different events. There's like one event that is around Carnage and the Symbiotes, and there's one event that is for Halloween. So there's stuff to do, but there's there's no story whatsoever. Okay, uh, I'll I'll close this segment by saying, beware the horrors of addiction. Oh yeah, that is definitely something to be aware of. So okay, all right, cool. Marvel Snap. I'm digging it though. I'm digging it. So all right, moving on to the main content of the show, and now we are entering the spooky dark woods. We're now we're like brushing aside the cobwebs. Now we're lighting up our lantern to guide our way into the October spooktacular. Yeah, I like that. We're going out the back of the house and into the woods now. And man, you really should have mowed the lawn out here because it's fucking scary, dude. Well, it is scary. Yeah, just it. beware the horrors of an unkept garden and oh, God. lawn. There's probably ticks and stuff out here. We got to be real careful of Lyme disease. I, I already got one. Oh, no. <laughs> beware the horrors of ticks. Okay. Uh, oh, Lyme disease also. That's a real horror. All right. Spooky sewed, spooktacular, spookalicious. Let's do it. Carlos, we're going to start with you with a little, little game called Yomawari Lost in the Dark. I know this is a sequel to Yomawari that came out a couple years ago. Other than that, I don't know anything about it. I just know it's really dark and spoopy, and, uh, and I want you to tell me all about it. I will. Um, this is, again, a kind of an alternative indie style of a horror game and the fact that it's top-down 2D uh, exploratory game, horror game. And it, the, the artwork's all that hand-drawn style and very chibi, you know, which I don't normally go in for, like the little big head, small yeah, body. Yeah, I don't usually thing. care for that. Yeah, I know. But it, you do play as a kid and you're in school, so it kind of makes sense, obviously. That you've got a big head, yes. <laughs> that you have a big head. That's actually, look at that picture on the article of mine. Uh, I have yeah. a big head and a little body. Um, so it tracks. <laughs> By the way, before I get started, you I had messaged, messaged you about wanting to play this because it looked weird and different. Yeah. Um, and you'd said you played an earlier one of this, the first version, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think you said you noped out. Is there a reason why before I start? Because I would like to hear that. Um, it's It's been a while. If I remember correctly, I think I noped out because I just was bumping up against the puzzle elements where I just couldn't mm. figure them out and I got kind of frustrated. That's what I remember. But honestly, it's been at least a couple years. Um, so I'm not sure, but I think that's what it was. Okay. And the way we play games, it's like 500 video games ago. So yeah, that's exactly. a while for you to remember. So, okay. So here's the thing about it. And I'm guessing that the first game was like this. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of puzzles so far. I've not really encountered too many. It's more of like the creepy factor of the, of the game, but okay. you start as a kid who you can do some, you know, very basic, um, customization of, right? Like hair and style and stuff like that. Very little, but you do do that. And then you put your name in, uh, and I put Onawa, which I usually do. And th they use the name in a really cool way. Um, so what this game is, is you play start as a kid and you're in school they do a lot of great stuff with headphones, so definitely put your headphones on. The sounds and stuff are just, like, creepy and weird. Um, you can hear, like, all the kids playing. You're in a school. And basically, in the beginning of the game, it tells you, it like, you know, calibrates your headphones, calibrates all the stuff. Um, and it says that if you have a problem with, like, you know, um, mental anguish and, you know, things that will mess up your head, I don't know how they describe it better than that. Um, maybe don't play the game. 
And I was like, wow, okay, it's just like a 2D game. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not going to get scared or anything. But they do a pretty good job of messing you up. So Really? Okay. I'm putting, okay. A, I'm putting a spoiler warning on this or like a warning warning on this because you start as a kid and you're walking around. Yes, all the sounds are creepy. But the creepiest part, point is all the kids are mean to you. And it's like bullying. Like the whole game so far has been bullying. Uh, too real. Too it's real. way too real. And it fucking sucked. And my name, like, so these little kids, like, threw, you know, spitballs at me. And um, and the kid doesn't have any defense mechanism, you know. Talk about empowerment. This sure. is disempowerment. Disempowerment, yeah. And you just have to go through all these terrible things that the kids are doing to you in school. This is all the beginning. And at some point, you, like, go to your desk, and it says they call you idiot on your desk. And that your name is scrawled in. So like your oh, actual so they name, called, they, they carved Onawa as an yeah, idiot. Yeah, Onawa as an idiot and blah, blah. Oh wow! And I'm like starting to feel real fucked up. Like I can't believe it. It's a 2D game, and I'm like, why do I feel bad about myself? This is terrible. And I really want to see this through. By the way, another spoiler because I want to get hopefully some retribution for this game because it makes you start <laughs> in such a terrible setting. Yeah. But, but here's the rub. So after they make you swallow a worm and you like, Gross. yeah, and you like throw up and stuff, it's terrible. You are like so depressed and you're like standing on a roof and I don't think you're going to do anything, but you know, you're standing up there kind of just like thinking about life and how sad you are. Sure. There's shades of suicide warning. Shades. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but again, it just turns to black and then you wake up in a forest like we're in right now. Caca, caca. (laughs) Is that, I don't know what sound that was, but, um, so, and you're in the forest and you have to pick up flash, flashlight and stuff like that. And you keep getting like these jump scares in your headphones. So they do a good job of that as well. Not like jump scares, things coming out at you, but just like heartbeat sounds and weird sounds. So it's already making you unnerved because it just bullied you for like 30 minutes. And now you're in the woods and they just did a good job of it because now I'm kind of freaked out. And I was like, do I need to stop this game for a minute? <laughs> Take a pause. Yeah, because I don't get freaked out by horror games. I said that at the beginning of the show. So, anyways, you go through and you're, you know, it. Then it's an adventure game where you're like picking up things and you are trying to like figure out how to get from you know one place to another. But there's monsters lurking. There's messed up things happening. There's some cutscenes that freak you out. Um, you do have to use your controller, like actually the you know the six axis thing a little bit. Um, oh, okay. But okay. it doesn't get annoying and and stuff. And it's immersive, dude. Like this game's freaky. Hmm. I'm like surprised. Yeah. And I again I think it's because it plays with your mental anguish in the beginning. It makes you feel like you are disempowered. You know, I'm glad we're starting off with this one because I haven't I have not played this one, so I'm just going off of what you say here, but I do remember the other one and I have played other games. And I think it's interesting because like we said at the top of the show, when people think of Halloween games, they tend to think of first person quote unquote, that means it's more immersive, super dark, uh, lots of jump scares and stuff like that. But this goes to show that, you know, that's not the only way to scare people. Like, you know, you're playing this top down 2D pixel based game. And, you know, it looks like something that could be like on the Switch or on the Game Boy even or something like that. And, you know, and it's freaking you out. Like you're sitting here saying how disturbed you feel and how, how it's getting under your skin. It just goes to show that it's really all about the craftsmanship of the people making the game. It doesn't have to be these same tropes that we always do. So I'm glad we started strong with this. This seems like a pretty pretty unsettling one. It is. And I think that the, the key components are, one, headphones and sound, right? They're doing jump scares with sound. Nothing actually shows up on the screen a lot of times. You uh, know? Okay. okay. Like, like this, um, you know, the knocking of the door thing. That always freaks me out. Just that sound. 
because you don't know is it, it is this really in my apartment you know what's going I mean, on that freaks me out in real life i mean maybe right. knocks on my door i'm immediately freaked out dude. right who so the I hell think, is coming to my house nobody's why here. they're doing it you know yeah and then um the idea of putting your name in there is huge like uh, well, i talked about this in the article actually on tamygaming.com um how when i played earthbound they let you put all your names in like the names of your friends the names of your yeah. you know yeah. your tacos that you want your favorite meal um that little stuff goes a long way because, you know, us as humans, we kind of identify with a lot of things that we, um, you know, our name and, and friends and stuff like that. So having that name show up a bunch of times in the beginning already kind of put me in that mode. And then the sound and then the atmosphere and then they put me in the woods and it's mystical, you know, and it's kind of weird out there, too. So I, they're doing a, good, a lot of good things. But at the same time, I'm almost like a little freaked out to go back to it. Um, very uh, high marks for me, though. But again... If you don't like or have like experienced bullying, maybe you don't want to do it. Like maybe just don't even play the game because it's yeah, it really makes you feel like you're in those shoes. Yeah. You know, um, I have lots of experience with bullying. That was like a big issue for me growing up. So I can easily understand how tapping back into that would really kind of knock you off kilter. It's just something that's a problem today. It was a problem back then. It's been a problem probably as long as humans have been a problem. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems uh, seems pretty pretty able to get under your skin especially if you have had that experience but uh how far into it do you think you are a couple hours or what do you think yeah a couple hours probably and it goes slow it's like a super slow game which again there's another you said craftsmanship that's why it makes it creepier and why i was more unsettled you know you're walking down the hallways for a while and you're going really slow and stuff so yeah i don't know i just think it's just unnerving is my uh, review okay yeah Great way to start Halloween episode. Unnerving. Ooh, we That's unnerved. Good, good adjective. All right. Let's keep it going with you, Carlos. You said you were going to talk about Scully. Um, I feel like I played this for a hot second, maybe like last year. If memory serves, this is kind of like a 2D roguelike action game, something like that. Am I right? Your memory does not serve you. Oh, no. Beware really? okay. the horrors of old age. Old age got me. No. I got to say that in this podcast. That's um, Grandpa Simpson. He said so. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. This is not that at all. And the okay. only reason I found this game is because I went through the Halloween section, which if you're listening to this, I think we're putting this show up on Halloween or really close to it. We're um, recording the 30th. We're going to try to get it up on the 30th. Okay, so you still, still could probably get this game, but you go to the PlayStation Store. Uh, best place to play games? Can I say that? Okay. No, that's wrong. That's, that's just that's just straight up wrong. I mean, it. I think it might be right. Oh, okay. We should wait, probably wait, wait, have wait, that wait. discussion someday. Okay, I remember now. I remember. Yes, my memory was betraying me. I was thinking of some other game that's going the title. Okay, I'm with you now. I know what you're talking about. So if you go to the PlayStation Store, there's a horror like um, sale going on, and it's been awesome. I've been like buying games from that. Um, and this one was in there. And again, non-traditionally horror. It was just like, it's kind of creepy and weird. But it's called Scully, and you play as a skull. And you roll around a la monkey ball. Yes, 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 yes. And you have played it or you haven't? No, no. Uh, I watched my wife play it and I was confusing this with some other game that has. Oh, you know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Skull. That is the 2D. <laughs> oh, just Skull. That is the 2D platformer rogue like I'm thinking of, Skull. Okay. Uh, and you were playing Scully, which is probably why I got it confused. But no, yeah. I, I did not play this, so I watched my wife play it. So again, it is a creepy, not really game uh, for Halloween, but again, adjacent, creepy adjacent. And the fact that. You play as a skull. Um, by the way, some guy just brought you back to life. So I guess you're a soul of some sort and you're inside a skull. Uh, and then he kind of explains to you that you're on this island and you've got to like go help him do stuff. You don't need to know too much about the story. <laughs> it's basically you're a skull and you play while well, you're rolling around the, the um, 3D environment. 
um, and it's an island, and you can jump, and you can roll, and you do a couple other things. But it's really just mainly about that and traversing and platforming. But then, at some point, um, because there's a lot of magic on this island, there's monsters, of course. Of course. Um, and at some point, you learn this ability to... You go into these like pools of mud, and that's how you save the game. But when you get down there, sometimes you can transform into a monster yourself, like a huge monster. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then that monster does like running and jumping and platforming, but he can do like attacks, and he can smash things and and do special abilities. So you basically go back and forth between those two. I don't know if there's more forms because I haven't got that far. But what a fun kind of side, you know, not creepy game, but side game to play. And it really did remind me of Monkey Ball. And the, if you like that kind of style, but just like traversing landscapes and jumping and rolling. Um, so I enjoyed it and it was fun to kind of like, it was it a, a breather from <laughs> Yamawari and other horror games I've been playing. Nice little change of pace. Less it is. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a skull, I guess <clears throat> that's the creepy part of it. But the only other creepy part of it is a con about the game. Okay. Which is that it, the skull moves too fast. Mm-hmm. So you're sometimes platforming and if you fall in the water it damages you and you die pretty quickly so i like fell a lot of times in this game just because i couldn't stop myself oh okay right because the roll was too fast yeah yeah. so yeah. i wish i could have tweaked uh and maybe i should go back and see if i can but i don't think i can if i could tweak like the speed of the skull that'd be cool uh that's my only con it's just gotcha. you, you have to get used to that it goes really fast interesting um, but it's it fun yeah, it sounds fun. I mean, it sounds like something I would like. But I remember my wife playing this, now that you're describing it. And she liked it at first, too, but she noped out eventually. I'm not sure why. Um, I'll have to ask her when I go upstairs. But she is a big platform fan. Something about it turned her off. But she did enjoy that beginning part. And just looking at it and, like, refreshing my memory with screenshots right here on Google, uh, it does seem pretty fun. So, yeah. All right. Do you think you're going to put some more time into it? Yeah, probably. It's it's a nice side uh, game that I'm bringing to the show. For like, You got really tired of being in a immersive horror game yeah jump over and play some scully there you go excellent um before we continue to the next game i totally forgot i meant to mention this in housekeeping i have to apologize to everybody um i hope it's obvious by now but i'm using the new microphone that all of our listeners bought for me Uh, using all of the gofundme money Uh, i mean i hope they noticed because i did spend that money and i'm hoping that it sounds better (laughs) because i don't know if i can get a refund at this point uh but yeah I, i i meant to say thank you to everybody who donated again using currently now the brand new microphone that uh we got for the show hopefully it sounds awesome it's kind of hard to tell myself because i'm like recording right now but i'll listen back to it hopefully it sounds better hopefully everybody listening feels like it sounds better and again thank you to all the listeners for chipping in uh it was you all who made it possible for me to get this microphone so thank you thank you that was super awesome really nice to have listeners who care that much and also uh they bought you that hard drive as well so thanks everybody for that but uh, yes. hopefully hopefully your ears are perking up and you you like the way it sounds listening to the dulcet tones Ooh, creepy vocals. Super creepy vocals. I don't, we didn't do anything creepy yet. No. Really, What's creepy is that I sound different, right? Because I know yes. everybody says everybody hates how they sound. Um, and it's funny because I actually do use my voice in a professional capacity for many years. So I'm no stranger to speaking in public places, speaking in, in front of other people and recording and stuff. But like hearing myself sounds terrible. And oh, now that I have this new mic, I sound different. So I now have to reacclimate myself to my terrible voice all over again. So that's oh, what I'm going through right now. It's creepy to hear yourself in a yeah, microphone. It's pretty creepy. This is By the way, the microphone is called the Shure, 
Yeah. Uh, MV7. I think you have the new one. You actually have a newer one than I do, which okay. is nice. All right. Um, but that is an incredible microphone. I love it. Um, and also, you can plug in the headphones right into the microphone. So, yeah, yes. you can hear yourself. And it's great. Everybody doing a podcast should get one. Yeah. So far, I mean, apart from the weird sound of my own gross voice, uh, <laughs> hearing uh, my headphones plugged into the microphone makes a big difference. And I noticed when I did my test recording this morning, um, it did sound like to me anyway, like notably different. Yeah. So hopefully that'll come through in the final show and everybody will will um, will get a better experience in terms of like less background noise and more of a more accurate tones. Anyway. Yes. All right. Cool. All right. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Appreciate this. Thank microphone. You. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. OK. Uh, Carlos, we're going to do one more for you and maybe like 1.5 with you here. Let's talk about bones of Halloween. This is one that, you know, I kind of, I'm kind of mad at you because you're getting really good at bringing games to the show that I don't know anything about, which sucks because I feel like I know about every game, right? Like I feel like I do as much as possible. And of course I can't know every game, Yeah. but I feel like I know most of them. And man, you're getting so good at surprising me with these. I'm kind of, I'm kind of resenting it a little bit. Well, I'll tell you why is because as you know, I go on a mad search for new games to fill that void in my life. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just search so high and so low that I find things like Bones of Halloween. I don't know the first thing about this game, dude. There's a scary, spooky uh, surprise twist at the end of this game. Okay, know. well, let's... Not, I'm sorry, at the end of this review. Oh, okay. I was in a game. I mean, I hope there's a twist in the end of the game. But what is so? What, let's start with the beginning of the game. What what the heck is this game? Bones of Halloween. So this is also in the Halloween uh, horror, you know, discount pile on PlayStation? PlayStation Store. Yes. Okay. Okay. Best place to play games. And nope. um, I'm just gonna say that as a retort now. It's just not true, though. It's just not true. I think it might be. That's the I thing. Assume, okay. okay. Now, we'll anyway. leave that as the mystery that you will solve later. Um, <laughs> it, it, I just saw it because it looked. It was like five dollars. I think you can check. I think it's like five dollars. Oh, we don't, don't check yet because I want to give you the surprise twist. Okay. Ending. Okay. But um, we'll check in a minute. But I think it's really cheap. And again, on the PlayStation sale, it was super cheap. And it's just first-person shooter, kill pumpkin head guys. That's it. Like that's the game. I wasn't expecting much more. I wanted to bring this show again. Is this nice? So this is your one first-person shooter. This is, I guess, a first-person shooter. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Um, it's a palate cleanser again, just like Scully. I wanted to use it for like because I was playing this other game, which I'll talk about at the end of the show, which was very intense. And so I wanted to go just shoot skeleton dudes uh, with pumpkin heads. That's what this is. And it's a roguelike, which I, you know, have uh, been coming around to more often nowadays. And you just like do challenges. You you know, try to kill a bunch of skeletons. You upgrade your weapons. Um, you just try to go as far as you can go. There's no story mode. And it's just kind of shooting things. So I'm doing it, and I'm like, this is kind of fun, but I wish there was a campaign. And then I was like, the graphics aren't great. The response time's a little slow. I guess you get what you paid for. It was on sale. And I'm like, I'm ready to nope out and confused. And so I went on the internet, and I looked it up. And okay. I wanted to this see is after, who, after you were, after you noped out, you went to look at I up, was like, on the ready to nope out, and I okay. looked up the uh, publisher and surprise, oh shit, Radalika, Radalika, <laughs> they got you again, motherfucker, they got you. <laughs> That's my Halloween surprise. Is Radalika oh. tricks again? God damn it, we can't get away. See there, that's the thing, right? They get us every time because whoever's making them trailers or whoever does the attract mode for those games, like they, the games are always really cheap. And so it feels like, oh, okay, that's not much of an, of an investment and this looks okay. 
And then they get you. They turn yeah. around and fucking get you. They always get you. Dude, we uh, we probably should call the episode Rata Like a Tricks again, but um, oh no, we don't give them a shout out. But anyways. <laughs> or invite a lawsuit. <laughs> I know that's true. Uh, but they did, I do did feel like it's a trick. It's It feels like, it just feels like there's so much more that that game could have been. Like if there was any story, even like the yes. most basic one in the world, you know? Yes. But instead, it felt like an arcade game. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not here for just an arcade game. Um, now, to be fair, there's roguelike elements that you do unlock certain things. So when I go back, I can, you know, do a few more types of things early on. And some of the guns felt fun, but it got boring quick. And so, yeah, I did nope out. But God, it, man, they got me. That know? is the story of Rattleleka Games. Literally every game I've bought from them, and it's many. I've bought many from them. <laughs> you have. Every single one is like, Oh, this game is is almost really good, but I wish they did X, Y, Z. And they have a real focus on really difficult games, like very mechanically oriented, very skill based games. Whoever runs their um, whoever runs their purchasing department or you know their their licensing department, like I can already tell you, like clearly that's kind of like somebody who's got good Twitch reflexes, who really like who who frequents that corner of of gamedom. Yeah, um, I, I totally get it, and I'm not really that guy, right? But man, so many other games, just like with one or two, if they had a couple more options, difficulty slider, or just a little bit, just a couple more touches, like a lot of their catalog would be really, really good, but they don't. They don't do that at all. They're just like, here's the game, play it or fuck you. Like, that's yeah. what they do, you know? Beware the horrors of incomplete games. Oh, man. Because like a... to that point, real quick, I'll say one other pro is that like, you're, it's like raining and you're in the woods and you're fighting skeletons with pumpkin heads. It's pretty cool. Like that yeah. part's like that's uh, kind of what I want right now. Halloween to a T, right there. Halloween ish, you know. But then Halloween adjacent. Um, yeah. Mainly, I brought it to the show just so I could do the crazy twist that oh, Radalika got me. We will never be free of the curse of Radalika. It seriously. is the curse of Radalika. That is yes. better. Yeah. Oh God. So let's leave that, and that's another right. little one. All right. So Bones of Halloween. We're gonna talk about that anymore. Now let's get on to this other game that I've actually been really excited to talk about. Um, it's gonna be kind of a roller coaster on my side, but I'm gonna let you start. Uh, Signalis coming to us from is it Annapurna? Is that right? I want to say that's right. I want to say it's Annapurna. I we feel like it is. We don't, don't do homework here. I'll look it up. Why, uh, why don't so, you start? You play more should, of it. Okay. Well, that's fine. Um, we originally started, and you were going to be the lead on this game, and then I you was. got into you were you were going to lead off on this game, and I was going to do whatever. And then uh, PR came around and said, "Oh, would you like an extra code? Because we got some extras." And I'm like, "Oh, well, okay. In that case, sure." Um, and it's on Game Pass right now. Also, uh, best place yes. to play games. Game yeah, Pass, maybe. Um, so you can check it out there in Game Pass for free. So I started jumping into it, and then I, I DM'd you, Carlos. I'm like, "Oh, hey, I got a code for Signalis. How are you liking it?" And you were something like. Man, fucking game, whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're not liking it. And I was like halfway through the game at that point. Well, uh, let I think me you got, explain you got that stuck point. or something. Yeah, yeah go I got ahead, stuck. Go so, yeah, this is a good uh, beginning part. Is that, yeah, I did have the game longer than you did. And so I was wanting to play it for longer before you even jumped on. But I got stuck. Um, and what I saw in these walkthroughs, I still am confused by this. This is kind of a Halloween mystery. But in the walkthroughs, I saw the character get a gun early on. Yeah. Um, and I'll actually ask you about this as we talk about in, in the review. Yeah. And whenever I played it in, you know, I had the press code or whatever, I didn't see the gun. So I just felt like I was stuck. Um, then today I played it on Xbox Game Pass yeah. just to see if it was in a different build or something. Yeah. I did get farther, but I still also didn't find the gun. So uh, I'm interested to hear how your playthrough went. And we won't be very spoilery. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't play it like longer because I did get stuck in the beginning. 
Okay, so let me set up the game basically before we dive into it here. Yes. So Signalis is a top-down... Um, it's it's kind of like a nod to old-school Resident Evil, where you're looking kind of down on the character, you're running around um, these environments. It's an interesting um, engine where you've got, like, polygon characters, but they look like they're made up of pixels, but it's not voxels. It looks really cool. I like the way it looks. I really like this look a lot. Um, and I think the game in general is just really sharp. But you it's, play, it's almost Silent Hill-ish, I think. It, yeah, it is definitely a mixture of Silent Hill yeah. and a mixture of old-school Resident Evil, like original Resident Evil, mm-hmm. and the whole thing is set in space because the story is you are a synthetic android you're not a human yeah you're like uh an artificial life yeah replica thank you um replica of 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 a human from a long time ago and you crash land in this place that you're going to you're going to this base in space you guys crash before you get there you're on the same planet but you just didn't make it to your destination you finally make it to the base and you're trying to find your pilot you're the assistant and the ship and your pilot is missing you get to this base where you guys were going finally and things are just like all fucked up like people are missing people are dead there's monsters inside the thing like it's just like what the hell is going on and so that's kind of the basic premise you're this artificial person in the bay you finally make it to the base where you're going and things are just messed up and your pilot who you're searching for is somewhere in the base and you can't find her so you're trying to do that Uh, i'm not going to talk very much more about the story but i will say there's lots of silent hill flavor old school silent hill flavor Mm -hmm. and lots of uh, silent hill flavor in that it's very mind trippy there's a lot of things going on where you're like, wait, was that real? Is it not real? What's happening? This is very spoopy. Like, you know, like kind of creepy sounds. Um, I feel like one of the sound samples is maybe taken from Silent Hill, perhaps. I feel like it's very familiar to me. Or if not, it's an homage. And it's Resident Evil in the terms of top-down, um, fixed camera, tons of puzzles. Like very Resident Evil puzzles where yes. you've got like an owl-shaped box and you've got a key that looks like a star and there's also like a gemstone. And so like, um, like, like full disclosure, I don't like those puzzles at all. They fucking irritate me and I find them just to be really a pain in the ass. But for whatever reason, it was working for me in Signalis. I was like, Oh yeah, this is actually kind of fun. Like it's not fun for me in general. I don't generally like that shit. It usually makes me nope out, but for whatever reason in Signalis, it just was clicking. It was really working for me. Um, so that was that was going pretty well. I liked the feeling of walking around. Felt pretty good to control. I felt like um, the map is really outstanding in in general. There's one part where it absolutely eats shit, but in most of the game, the map is so good that's really what makes it playable because it tells you where the locked doors are. It tells you where the unlocked doors are. If there's a point of interest on the map, like a puzzle that you can't solve yet, it tells you where that is, and it even tells you what it is. It'll say like, "Oh, lockbox over here." Uh, owl-shaped uh, lock over here, uh, like, you know, eagle key over here, or something like that. So that is really, I think, probably what really made the difference to me was because I was able to, looking at the map, very quickly recall where I was going and what I was doing because there's not a whole lot of options. And if you're thorough about searching each room, it's very, um, very systematic. Like, if you're careful about searching each room, careful about checking each door, the map fills in wonderfully, and then it just kind of just, it's it's tough to get lost at least initially, because you can just quickly look and see, oh, here's a, here's a door I haven't been over here. Oh, I got the key. That key goes, oh, it's over here. And it just kind of like nudges you in the right direction. There's also lots of clues in, in the beginning anyway. I feel like there's plenty of clues. There's one section that there's not nearly enough clues. Uh, but in most of the game, there's plenty of clues, which I felt was great. Um, so it's really good. I felt like, uh, okay, so let's talk about the combat. Um, the part that you are stuck at is you have to play for a pretty fair amount before you get the gun. 
Okay, um, so it's so not you're in not the stuck. No, no, yeah, no. You're okay. not stuck. You just didn't get far enough. Um, okay. You have to play a, a kind of a surprising amount before you get to the gun, and you eventually get a gun, uh, and you eventually get many guns. But like, it's quite a while before you get that first one. So that's probably where you got stuck at. Okay, yeah, and I want to say real quick when you were describing the game, the other thing yeah. that I think that stands out to me is the, and why like I can deal with some of the puzzles as well because I don't like puzzles. Yeah, um, is because the style is sexy as hell. Yeah, it's just yeah. real cool. Like the the kind of almost not VHS, but like old TV monitor style they do mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. The, with the interface and stuff like that, as well as the fact that you're a replicant, the fact that you're on a snowy planet. Um, the fact that you're going through these weird, you know, corridors with like like high tech stuff, and then also the flashbacks or weird kind of scenes they just show you, yeah. like in the very beginning, the intro is awesome where you literally just see like I felt like uh, Space Odyssey, you know, t- 2001 totally, or something. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or even like I got feels of The Shining for some reason. Yeah, I was like Shining plus Blade Runner a little bit. Yeah, it's like chung and then the music's really good and. You're like, what did I just see? Why am why is that bleeding? You know, like, is this a horror <laughs> game? Um, and then, yeah, then there's the sci-fi element. So I think it's the style to me what's really pulled me in. Uh, and now that I have got past the part that I was stuck at, uh, I will continue to play it on the Game Pass because that's where I'm already uh, farther now in. Um, and I got pretty far. I mean, I definitely didn't get to the gun yet, so I'm... But like you said, it takes a while. It takes a, a, a surprising amount before you get to the gun. Yeah, yeah which sure. I like. And this will actually come back in the last review uh, of the show for me, is I like that balance, right? Because if it was just right from the beginning, you're shooting, it wouldn't probably feel as special, you know? Yeah. It's almost yeah, yeah. like I want to just like explore this world for a while, and they let me do that without any danger, you know? Yeah, that's exactly going to come up in the game I'm, I'm going to talk about next as well. I think pacing is really important mm-hmm. and setting up the world, I think, is really important. So I feel like Signalis does a really great job of that. It's funny, too, because on paper, I don't think this would be my game at all. And in fact, I was almost thinking about noping out on my first session because I was like, oh, Resident Evil key cards. I'm finding a lot of notes. I hate all like it's it's, it's all the shit that I hate, except it all really worked for me for some reason. Like, I think the style, I think you're right. Graphics, style, tone, super awesome. Um, it is an homage in some ways, but I feel like it's been updated in some ways. And I just, I really wanted to find out what the fuck was going on. Like I was yes. really kind of invested in the story about I'm a, I'm this replicant and where the fuck is my pilot and what the fuck is going on here and what is happening. And it doesn't, you know, if you just make a little list of these elements, it seems like any other horror game. Like it doesn't seem original or different, but when you're actually playing it and it all comes together, it actually does feel like an homage but not and kind of like something you played before but not like kind of familiar but in a in a good way not in an overly familiar way and it just it all just really comes together um, dude by the way you just explained why i want to finish it and i probably will now because i don't like the owl shaped puzzles or owl shaped keys at all <laughs> yeah 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 um but you know what this reminds me of i just thought of it is what? moon uh, the movie Moon with Sam oh, Rockwell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Good call. Because there's a game of Moon. I'm like, wait, no, not that. Oh, no, no. Yeah, Anybody no, listening, moon. go watch yeah. that movie. Also kind of a creepy adjacent. That's an that's an excellent movie, yes. Um, and that's a great movie. And that feels like, you know, you want to know what the hell's happening. Like, yes, you want to yes, finish yes, to the yes, end yes, of yes. the movie. So this is what this does. It's like 
Especially with the cutscenes, you know, the cutscenes are like, dude, that's a really good call out, man. That didn't occur to me until you said that. But oh man, you were right on the money with that call out. Yeah. If you like that movie Moon, this is it's triggering all those same feels for yeah, sure. Yeah, especially being snowing out. It's like it's almost the environment too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it and we'll talk. We'll bring it back to the show because I think they're doing enough well. Also, yes. overwhelmingly positive on Steam reviews. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the developers Rose Engine. Uh, and it's published not by it's uh, Humble Games actually. Humble Games. Why did I yeah. think it was Annapurna? I apologize. Yeah. I apologize. Humble Games. You guys are doing. They're doing God's work over there shit. too. Yeah. Humble Games is doing great. So yeah. I'm sorry for my mis uh, mis uh, misstatement there. Apologies for that. Before we wrap though, I do want to say a couple quick things though that are kind of on the con side. So first, you have to like be ready for the the old school Resident Evil. Um, you're gonna find like a lot of key cards. Like it's gonna be a little bit overwhelming at first. So just know that that's a thing. Also, be pointer for pointer for the beginning. Yes. This is a pro tip. You have to duct tape. You use the duct tape to to put the card together. The first card you find. The scotch tape is the very clutch. Tape, yeah. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I will also say that um, there is a little bit of a visibility issue for me. Um, I don't know if other people had this, but there is the text in this game is light text, and there was one point. Uh, I think two points when I got stuck, like real stuck, which is interesting because I feel like the game is pretty. I'm not going to say it's stuck proof, but I feel like they give you more help than usual in a game like this. And what happened was I was looking at light text and it was superimposed on top of a light background mm. and I couldn't see it. So maybe that's just my old man eyes or something. But like I didn't I missed a very crucial piece of information that was that that totally made the difference because I just couldn't see it on the background. I didn't know that it was there. And when I was talking to other reviewers who were playing the game, they're like, oh, did you not read page two? And I'm like, oh, there's a page two? I didn't even see that. Mm. Went back and there it was, light text on the light background. So that's a problem. And I will also say there can be, another part where I got really, really stuck was because I didn't have my person looking at the right thing in exactly the right way. Like you have to kind of like maneuver your character a little bit. And if they're not standing in the right place, the pop-up doesn't come up to interact. And so I knew there was this thing I had to do. It was like the only thing that I could do. It made sense for me to do it, but I, I couldn't couldn't do anything. And I, I was getting really, really frustrated going in circles. And again, I asked somebody for help. They're like, oh, just do that thing. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, just do it, do it. So I went back and it was just like my character was just not sitting in the right place. Mm, okay. So like it was the matter of like a couple pixels over and that was when I could do it. So just heads up that that's a little bit of an issue too. Final thing, I will say that I got stuck. I am still stuck, and I believe I'm like about 15 minutes from the end of the game. I'm almost done with this oh, game. Oh, jeez. I got so stuck because I was missing this item, and I was going in circles, couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. I got so stuck, I had to email PR, and I'm like, yo, PR, I'm stuck. You guys need to help me. They told me what to do, and it didn't work. And then I asked another friend who said he finished the game, and I'm like, and he told me what to do, and he said the same thing, and it didn't work. So either, I, I got one more tip. I think there's one more thing I can try. So either the game is bugged or I am missing something very obvious, um, but I'm going to go back to it. But I got really, really stuck. And I think that it might be, again, a visibility issue. Mm. So I will fill you guys in later, but I'm so I am like I could literally like spit from here and hit the end credits. And I'm so close to the end and it really sucked to get that stuck at the very end. So hopefully I can wrap it up because I really want to finish this game. I really invested. So, well, I just want to add to that. And I'll say that, yeah, that's my only con, too, is that the getting stuck because obviously in the beginning I got real stuck uh, and by the way I'll tell you what that stuck was is I just didn't look at the back of the photograph like oh, there's a photograph yeah, and yeah. it's got the code yeah. on it and I didn't even like look at the back of it yeah because um, you get items you can rotate the item like old school Resident Evil where you like examine and then you like spin the thing around and there's a code yeah. on the back of it yep, yep, yep. so I needed that but um, yeah I just don't I guess what I'm saying is the only con is and it's not even that much of a con but 
until I get stuck like you do at the end. Um, hopefully I won't. Is that I would love this game like times 10 if it was just, there was no puzzles. And because like the atmosphere is amazing. The feel of it, the flashbacks, me trying to figure out the mystery. I kind of just want this to be like a walkthrough game, you know, yeah, where yeah. maybe there's some combat near the end, but like I would love more games to not think they need to add some of those elements because for me, it doesn't add pretty much anything. Um, I'd just rather not have it because I love almost like the movie that you're showing me, you know, this is yeah. kind of like a, a really incredible sci-fi indie film or something. And so I just feel like I would love this game times a hundred. I just upped it from 10 to a hundred. It went up. If it just didn't have any puzzles at all, because I don't want to combine things. I just want to see this weird world you created for right. me. You know, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to basically agree with you. I feel like if they reduced, if they cut the puzzles down by like 90%, because mm-hmm. I think there's a couple points in the story where it actually does make sense what the puzzle is and it kind of goes with the story. Like those ones I think work. Um, and I don't want to be like that guy, but I think it would be fine if there's like maybe a little bit more combat. And like you said, maybe just like a little bit of a walking sim sort of a vibe to it. But like, I do feel like it's a ridiculous amount of puzzles, like 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 a really silly amount of puzzles, even though I really enjoy the game. So if it was just like puzzles that made sense within the story, like for real, not these goofy ones that they have. That would be, to me, a better game. Um, but I still really, really like it a lot. And I do think it's definitely worth a look for anybody that likes old school Resident Evil, old school Silent Hill. And despite the silly amount of puzzles, I mean, I I mean, I can count on two hands the number of games I wanted to finish this year. And this is definitely one of them. So that yeah. says a lot, right? Yep, I agree as well. So check it out. Check it out. And it's also on Game Pass. Check it out for free. Yes, for free, yes. but not really for free. Quote, 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 unquote free. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, let me talk for a minute about the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. This is one that a lot of people are really liking. This is a 2D point and click game, and it comes from Wadget Eye Games. I love Wadget Eye Games. I think they put out probably the best point and clicks in the industry these days. Um, and I play a lot of them uh you know and again if you're a frequent listener of the show you know i've got a love hate with point and click when they're done well i love them to death when they're not done well i nope out immediately so i'm still playing this one so that is again really good uh testament to this game uh basically you play a woman who this is like i don't know like old english times not super old we're not talking medieval but we're talking like people get around mostly on the train rural england England, they say rural Rural England. england yeah yeah man i don't know my time periods i don't know that shit but it's not modern day but it's not all the old times either. You're kind of just like, you know, your your grandfather's time. Great-grandfather's great grandfather's time, maybe. Whatever. Anyway, um, you arrive to this town uh, on a train. You're like a lady. And that's kind of notable because you're not married. And you're also a kind of an archaeologist. And so people are like, who? What? You're not married? You are you got a job? What's going on? Like, it's that kind of time, right? When, when women, like, didn't have jobs or anything. So, so she's kind of like a, a notable person coming to this town that's pretty rural. And she's ruffling little feathers because people are not used to women who can, you know, stand up for themselves and do their own thing. Um, And you're supposed to meet this guy. He's like, hey, uh, archaeologist lady, there's a really cool archaeological site out here that I want to take you to, Hobbs Barrow. Um, So meet me in town and I'll take you out there. And, you know, you find some rich stuff, you share it with me, whatever. So she shows up and she gets to this small town and the dude doesn't show. So she's just is like stuck in town. She's waiting in the tavern, waiting for this guy. Um, you know, she's talking to the locals. Everybody's kind of creepy and weird. And she's just trying to figure things out. She has a terrible nightmare the first night. And the next, the next day, the guy still doesn't show. So it's up to her to figure out what's going on. Where's the guy who's supposed to guide her to Hobbs Barrow? How come nobody wants to talk about Hobbs Barrow? Because nobody wants to talk about it. 
Um, what are, you know, everybody seems like they got a secret in this town. What is going on with that? And you got to just kind of figure it out. So I'm not going to say any more about the story. Uh, but it is, again, 2D point and click. And I feel like, um, I feel like this is a really good one. I, I will say I had some issues with the text. I think the text is too hard to read. They got a little too fancy with the text. Um, so I, I wish they would fix that. But other than that, I feel like the UI in this game is really straightforward and good. I feel like it's really easy to choose between looking at something and examining something. Or no, no, wait. Taking something and examining something mm. is very simple and straightforward. You don't waste any time on that. You get through the dialogue pretty quickly. So that's good. And I feel like uh, there's also a map, which is good. And I feel like there's also a button that you can push that tells you every hotspot on the screen, which honestly... Real talk, folks. If you're going to do a point and click these days, you have to have that button because I am fucking done with pixel hunting or oh, missing geez, an important please. item. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with missing something because it just blended into the background or I just didn't notice it because I thought it was something else or whatever. You must have the button that shows you all the hotspots on the screen. That is step one if you're going to do a point and click these days. This game has it, which is great. I feel like the writing is really good so far. I feel like the vibe is really creepy. Uh, I am very interested in seeing what happens when I advance the story, which I'm not going to talk about right now. Um, and I just, I, I dig it. I think this is a good one. I wish it was on the Switch. I feel like it probably will be at some point. I'm playing it on PC right now because it's just making the rounds on PC. So that's, to me, is my biggest con is it's on PC, which I fully admit is not a con for a lot of people. Um, but for me, it is a con because I just don't like playing on PC. If it was on PlayStation, if it was on Switch, if it was on anything... I'd be like, yes, yes, yes. And I, I'm still, yes. I think this is a great game. Um, taking my distaste of playing on PC out of it. It does everything right. It's not funny. It's scary and creepy and vibey, which is all real good. And I'm very, very, I'm very into it. I, I think it's very good stuff. Yeah, it seems atmospheric. Yes, atmospheric. That's a good word. So this is, a, again, we're bringing all types of horror Halloween games because this is an atmospheric point and click uh, set in uh, rural England. Um, yes. But yeah, it seems like a fun, relaxing kind of spooky time. Yeah, if you want to just like sink into a point and click that is not really too interested in stopping you. I found the puzzle so far um, pretty straightforward. I haven't hit any moon logic yet, which is also another plus uh, check mark in the plus column. So I feel like I'm, I'm making good progress. I'm making steady progress, which is something I really like. I'm into the story. I mean, this feels like a win. I wish it was on Switch. Hurry up and get it on Switch, you guys, because I'm going to play this in bed. I don't want to play it on my computer. Other than that, thumbs up for sure. So. Check it out. Check it out. All right, Carlos, over to you for Saturnalia. It's interesting that you brought this one to the the podcast because I just watched the trailer for this. Uh, I just added just randomly uh, last night. You didn't mention this game. I didn't know you were bringing it to the show. I just watched the trailer, and that trailer is fucking wild, dude. I was like, yeah. well, I don't even know what I'm even looking at here. What is happening? Um, so tell us about Saturnalia. Man, it's hard to tell you about it. It's a weird one. Again, another <laughs> weird choice, but. Definitely spooky. I think right now it's in the PlayStation uh, Halloween store. Again, if you okay. listen to this before Halloween or on Halloween, you can probably still get it at a discount on PlayStation, the best place to play it's, games. It's a place to play games. Um, and Saturnalia. And so this is from uh, developers from Italy. Uh, strong uh, overtones of, you know, there's Italian in it. Um, it just feels like, you know, this game takes place there. It's It's got full-on... Um, the vibes of being in Italy, uh, but also creepy. So what is the game? It's a roguelike third person. Now the style alone is unbelievable. Like one of the coolest and the most visual interesting style, yeah. visual style I've yeah. ever seen, which is it's third person horror, creepy, you know, kind of, uh, we just said kind of silent Hill esque uh, exploratory kind of game, but 
all the characters are done in this hand drawn, but like the thing where there's like a lot of cross hatching and like uh, almost like unfinished drawings, you know, really simple yeah, drawings. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it, it actually reminds me of another game I'll talk about later in the show, which is it's kind of got this 2D, 3D quality to it. And the colors, dude, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was watching the trailer. It was just like this riot of like crazy colors and stuff. Like, it's not dark at all. Am I wrong? Or was well, that just it starts the dark. It starts like black okay, and white, okay. dark and very like light colors and shades. But then color starts coming into it. Like a fog yeah. rolls in the town. It's pink. And you're like, what? A pink fog? And yeah. So, yeah, yeah there are a lot of like they play with color, um, but they also like get rid of it sometimes, too. So but what is the game? Um, now, I haven't played it long enough to know the full extent of this. But there is a lot of settings in the beginning, which I very much like because it's a roguelike with settings. Um, so there is just the standard version, which is you play a cast of characters and you don't want them to die. And obviously, uh, if they die, you take over the next character. And if all your characters die in the standard mode, you have to start over, right? Interesting. Okay. But also in the standard mode, the whole town that you're in, that you start in, uh, and there's like a mine, is underground stuff as well. All that stuff shuffles if you use the regular mode, which means, you know, I'm not going to play that mode, <laughs> which means, you know, true roguelike fashion, you come back, you don't know where anything is anymore. And so all the levels just like re reorganize and shuffle up. And stuff. Right. And why that's okay. important and what these uh, developers did really good is that it, it's, again, similar to like Italy and little cobblestone villages in Europe is that all these like... Um, villages you're in and like these little towns and stuff they're like these teeny corridors so it almost feels like you're in a dungeon even though you're just walking through town yeah i, right? I get that i get that. and that's sure. a really good like really again how you craft a game like we said earlier it's just it makes it feel like a maze but you're also just supposedly like walking by people's houses and you know seeing if they're home and stuff but you want to memorize all that stuff uh long story short you can customize the crap out of your experience so there's like many, many modes, including permadeath as well. Um, I picked, you know, adventure mode, whatever that is, meaning like the simplest thing, which is basically I still want to keep all my characters alive. But if I if I if they all die, everything's the same. So the map's the same. So you don't have to relearn the map. Yeah, which okay. I'm just how I'm playing it. So anyways, um, as I played it, you start as a woman who's um, she just got pregnant. She's going to have the baby. She's trying to, I think, convince the husband um, to be, or not husband, I think boyfriend, to like be in her life. It's very confusing what that story is like, but it's pretty kind of almost dark in a way. Uh, and then you start, yeah, you're an archaeologist, I believe, um, and you're basically going to this town to find that guy. But there's another guy in the town, and he's a photographer, and you also play as him. Um, so you can play as a bunch of different characters. And in the beginning, yeah, you're just kind of learning the structure of the game as the woman and trying to find uh, him as well as just kind of explore the town. So what the game is, is because, <laughs> well, hold on. There's another part of it. I know. I'm just laughing because like I, the trailer was bizarre. I had no idea what I was looking at. And like we're on our third iteration of what this what game, the is, game and I is. feel like we still don't even really know what the game is, which is Sorry. a testament to how, no, it's not you. I think it's, I think it's how unconventional and how weird this game is. It is because it's multiple games in one. So I said it's third person roguelike. That is true. And it feels like Silent Hill and you're exploring a town in third person, weird art style. That is true. The other element though, and why I restarted again is because 
when you start finding uh, clues and things and objects and stuff in the game, you pick up matches, you can light a fire, it's dark, you need light, you know, et cetera. Um, you're also learning history about you as the character. You're learning about the other characters that you can play as. And then it goes to an overmap, like an overworld map thing, but it's like a murder detective mystery board. And well, so, okay, okay. You yeah. like the red strings between things? Yeah, kind of. And then, like, you, they show your character on the board, they show the other characters you play, and then it shows, like, objects you find and how they're tied to a little quest. And so, like, you want to just find one person, you're like, that's your active quest, and you can make that your active quest. And then, any little object you find, including, like, stuff we just talked about in, um, uh, Signalis, like you, you know, pick up an item and you can look at it and rotate it, et cetera. Those might help you solve and get to, you know, your goal. So there's a lot of little mini goals in this game, uh, which makes it almost, I don't want to say confusing, but it, there's a lot to do. Um, long story short, I was trying to find that guy. That was my main goal. Found a bunch of little objects, found uh, my way into this church, which is where I was supposed to find him. And instead, it got real creepy. They do a really good job uh, of music, you know, in your headphones and creepy sounds. Um, and there was a monster showed up. And the monster, I was doing a pretty good job of hiding from it, but I did die. And instead of just, you know, game over, it just went to the next character. Interesting. So I like that style, right? It means, means you, you still feel empowered because you're like, well, now I got this shot with it, you know? And then that character heard the scream of the woman dying so you know it's still in the same world which i like and so then i got to explore with that guy and i didn't die with him yet so that's where i'm in the game i I, you might play as another character i think as well the guy you're looking for but the style the presentation to go back to that again it's just awesome like what a weird beautiful world now i'm sure you or anybody else can have a different version of playing it in the roguelike sense right or in the permadeath sense, it might be yeah. a totally different game. Yeah. But the way I'm playing it in the adventure mode, it just feels like a really weird world I want to explore in. And if I die, you know, I just start over and and I've already learned a bunch of stuff. So question real quick. So yeah. this sounds really interesting. I mean, this sounds bizarre, and I I'd strongly recommend if if anybody listening to the show is even remotely interested in what we're talking about here, go check out that trailer because that trailer will just blow your mind. You're like, well, I don't even understand what I'm looking at. It's so crazy and unconventional and bizarre. But question. So um, I this is something I am interested in. And I, I wonder, I probably would fiddle with the settings. Like you said, you can change the roguelike settings and all that stuff. But the setting that you're in right now, if all of your characters die, you, you said the town doesn't change. So you don't need to relearn the map. But like... Do you have to like reget all of your items again, or do you have to like redo the mystery up to that point, or do you just kind of basically just pick up from where you left off? I, I'm pretty sure you pick up where you left off. That's okay. that's how it's feeling right now. Um, and so, and I need to do again. I didn't do any homework. I didn't get far enough to know fully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it seems like right now that it's just like it's not reshuffling. It's it's letting me keep my stuff, and I can just go back through and like you know what I know now. I can use that for like the story bits in my head. So, um, yeah, I just feel like I just don't want to die from that monster right, next time. Right, right. But the style again alone is just so beautiful and weird. Um, I don't know what the, what they're charging for it. We don't do any homework, so we could look up how much it is. But it's just I feels like it's worth worth whatever uh, I paid for. It. I think I bought this game. Uh, I think you must have. with my hard earned money. Yeah, I don't remember. 
Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's on sale for seventeen bucks on PlayStation. Best place to play games, I guess. It's so, a place to play games. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much is on Xbox. Maybe not on sale, but anywho, It'd be free. Um, Who knows? It could be. Well, again, is it really quote free? unquote free? Is anything really free in this world? The horror of this podcast is us going back and forth between <laughs> Xbox and PlayStation. The whole show. Um, I just re- recommend it on style alone. I recommend it on the fact that they give you lots of options. Um, it is roguelike, but it, it's very much like geared to anybody who wants to play it because you can tweak those options. Um, and I will bring it back to the show because I'm definitely going to keep progressing through it. Um, I really recommend it. It's creepy and weird. This is really interesting. I'm glad you brought this one to the show because I wasn't really sure what to think after that trailer. But now that you're talking me through it, I'm like, okay, this sounds like something that I would like to uh, really check out. And, and and like you, I probably would definitely like heavily tweak the settings just to kind of get like an experience out of it. Not that I really need to like go into like some kind of long-term roguelike commitment or anything, but you know, just to get the story or just to get the vibes from it would be pretty cool. So yeah. And let me add this at the end from the game description. Yes. I was right that the puzzle progress and stuff uh, carries over from game. Good. Okay, good, good. good uh, so they called it rogue light. And then again, you can tweak that to even my mode, which is adventure mode or something where you're really keeping almost everything. Uh, and again, it, it gets you interested similar to, Signalis again is where like you want to know what the end of the story is because talk about a non-traditional story you know you're like interested in mines as a woman and excavating and stuff like that and you're also pregnant so that's an interesting looking for your baby daddy looking for your baby daddy chased by a monster yeah and then there's also a photographer friend that you're friends with but then you become the photographer friend it's just a weird setting yes and also Um, you're in a neon colored village in Italy and also colors get weird and it's Italy and there's a lot of Italian um in the game also there's a non-linear progression it says an adaptive narrative which i didn't know sure, sure um which makes sense obviously yeah i mean if you're changing between characters of course i mean the lady gets killed you're not going to keep looking for the baby daddy if you're the photographer right? right 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 um and then yeah i just think it's really weird and good so check it out right on saturnalia check it out all right i'm gonna let you lead off on this next one unusual findings uh you did play this one right i did i did okay i want to make sure i played so many games i know it was kind of hard to keep track this week because we had our usual hustle and bustle of doing the podcast but then we had the halloween stuff on top of that so it was kind of madcap but anyway all right you lead off on unusual findings just really quickly it is a 2d also a point and click um and it seems to be heavily based off of 80s nostalgia and also stuff like um, Stranger Things and such. So, oh, yeah, totally. This is like yeah, yeah. 2D point and click Stranger Things, the game. The game. Okay. Um, All right. Go for it. So far, I don't have, I've not seen any powers like Stranger Things, right? So it's more of a maniac mansion. No nosebleed so far? Nope. None, no waffles? None at all. Nope. Oh, man. I want waffles now. <laughs> Damn you. I'm going to have them for Sorry. dinner. Um, what's scary is having breakfast for dinner. <laughs> No. I love a good Brenner, dude. That's really good. I it like is that. true. Um, or Lupper. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Wait, Lunch that. and Supper. Supper. It's Lupper, yep. yeah. Anywho, Lupper's a good podcast name. Uh, doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Not even remotely. All right. So Unusual Findings, point and click. It feels like Maniac Mansion. Old school. Maybe our younger listeners don't know that game. But yeah, you go left to right. You're exploring things. You're clicking things. It's a point and click spooky adventure. It's perfect for Halloween, I think, uh, for, you know, the kind of simple, not scary, kind of creepy, what's going on. The main story is you play as a group of kids and something happens overhead. Sounds like Earthbound beginning, actually. Mm -hmm. And you might see something in the woods and some 
killing might happen, which, by the way, is pretty stark in comparison because it starts off like very friendly 80s, you know, kind of jokes and stuff. Sure. And there is like a murder in the woods at some point. And you're like, whoa, that's graphic. So they're not afraid to go there. Uh, That's definitely in there. Some kind of showing of killing. But then, yeah, you're just trying to figure out what happened. There's something that crashed in the woods. What is that? There was a, a murder and you're trying to figure it out. So I have a love hate relationship with point and click as well. I, I don't know if I've noped out yet, but I did get kind of oh, bored's not the word, but uh, it's a little like, a, there's a lot to click. Um, there's a lot to click. Yes, that is. So correct. I think that's the only reason I stopped playing, but I did get pretty far on my first try and for a point and click, that's good. Uh, I'll tell you why is because the intro is really done really well where you are in your bedroom and you're just kind of like looking at all your 80s stuff. It's very 80s influenced. All the posters that look like Back to the Future or Terminator. And then you, you know, trying to sneak out of your house. And I got stuck in the beginning. I was like, you motherfuckers. I'm uh, just yes. in my room. Yes, um, yes, yes. But like you said, I forgot what they call it, but they got that button that shows you all the things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hotspot button or whatever. Hotspot button or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's a little UFO in the right hand corner. You click that and you can see everything. And I was like, okay, now I know what to do now. So by doing that, I was able to find the key to get out of my room and, you know, open my dresser or whatever. So I got out of my room and then the minute it starts and you're like, you know, you're not supposed to be leaving your room and you leave, which is always fun and exciting. You, you know, bike riding and all that stuff like that. You're going with your friend. And in the beginning of the game, a fucking 80s song starts, like a real 80s song. Yes, I was very surprised by that. I was like, they bought the rights to this. They got the, actually, they paid it, you know, the money. And that really that went a long way, weirdly enough, just one song. Uh, and then, yeah, you go to the town and you talk to the residents and try to figure out what went on with this murder and this potential, let's say, aliens or something. And it's fun. Like, it's, like, fun. Like, I'm not, like, like blown away and, like, I need to finish it. <laughs> but it's just fun. Um, I don't know why I'm making that sound negative. It, it does sound like a negative. It does. It's weird. It's because it's a lot of clicking. Like, even with the little hotspot button, I'm like, well, I still have to go through all these things, you know? Yeah. Um, I yeah. will say this on a positive again. I like the feel. I like the 80s. Um, I like some of the jokes. I like the fact that some of the places you go, like, you know, it says click to go here, like upstairs. And you go upstairs and it's kind of like just a, just, just for a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's those that old school style where it's like, oh, you don't really get to explore everywhere. It's like you just click there to get like an audio joke or something. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, it's it's fine. Like it's fun and 80s-ish and it's fine and it's uh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm glad that you basically like it. I basically like it. Because I fucking hate this game. Oh, you hate it? I actively hate this game. Wow, okay. So uh, I'm wondering what of the things that I'm just fine with was where you were like, no, I don't like that at all. I mean, just, I mean, like, like overall in a nutshell, I found this game to be annoying as fuck. Like it just was triggering all of my things. I hate about point and click games. Well, like, you couldn't leave the bedroom. Do you get stuck in the bedroom? Like, I yeah, did? I totally, I got stuck right oh, away, yeah. dude. I got stuck right away. Like yeah. it immediately triggered my moon logic bullshit thing where I don't like, I am a kid in my room. I should not get stuck in my room. Hundred like, percent Yeah. It's stupid. And like all the stuff that you're doing, I felt like it was that really just bullshit of just like you really have to get into the mindset of the developers. And I I traditionally have difficulty doing that, which is why I like the more straightforward, logical um, type of type of point and clicks. Um, not always, but most of the time. 
And I was not clicking with this one at all. Like I was just, I was not getting it. I was not seeing what they wanted me to do. I couldn't figure out, you know, it, whenever I get to the point of where I'm taking everything in my inventory and randomly combining it with everything in my inventory, yeah. you've lost me. You've lost me. I'm, I'm out, right? So I didn't like that. I also don't like cashing in on 80s nostalgia. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that these days. And I feel like they are cashing in on Stranger Things, which was already cashing in on the 80s already. Like it's like, we're like two levels down from cashing in now. So I feel like really super derivative. I didn't care for that. I feel like the UI was terrible. I feel like the controls were fucking terrible. It felt like old school, so, like throwback. In oh, that I hated it. I hated yeah. it. I hated it. I'm not saying it's it a positive. I'm just saying it felt like no, I mean, what you're you correct. used to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I hated it back then too, which is why I barely ever played these games. Like I just felt like it was so cumbersome. It was so fucking annoying to click on so many goddamn things yeah. and just have to like read the fucking text and click on this other thing. And just like, I just was so fucking annoyed. And like, like as an example, um, you know, like you're in your room or something and like, whenever you click on something, a little, a secondary menu pops up where it gives you like a look, a touch and a talk, I think. Um, so, okay. So let's, con let's contrast this in Hobbs Barrow, which I just talked about a couple minutes ago. Um, I'm controlling on a PC. And so if you click left click, it is pick up the thing. If you click right click, it is, uh, examine the thing. That's it. You just tell it which one to do. That's all. That's all you got to do. Just one click and you already know what the click does. In this one, you click on something, the little window pops up, and then you got to click again to talk about choose between three things. And if you're not sure, then you're going to end up doing at least two or three or four clicks yeah. on a single fucking thing. Mm -hmm. Too many goddamn motherfucking clicks. It was driving me up the goddamn wall. I was going so crazy. And like, it's stupid shit too, because... It's not even context sensitive because there's like a book in your room. You click on the book and I'm thinking I'm going to pick up the book or look at the book. It's like, would you like to talk to the book? Of course I don't fucking want to talk to the book. <laughs> this shouldn't even be there. There shouldn't even be an option. Well, don't make me waste my fucking time with that. I know. I agree with you, but I'll tell you how I fixed that. And that's why I probably got farther than you did. I just uh, hand action item. Everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. There's no reason to ever look at anything. Never any reason to like, what was the other thing? Talk, um, talk, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just use the hand icon. So I basically turn it into like left click, you know? I mean, and that makes sense, right? But I wish that, I mean, but I didn't know that, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get a clue that's important or maybe I need to know something yeah. that, you know, like you, you never know. And that's so typical of like, if you don't click just the right thing, especially something that feels as old school as this, you're fucked because, and then I certainly don't want to go back to a location I've already been and have to like re-click the things that I didn't want to click the first time because I'm stuck, you know, like, I figure I might as well do it the first time because that way I'm trying to be thorough and I won't have to backtrack. But then it's so fucking goddamn annoying. I fucking hate it. And like the 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 shit that you do in this game is just like is breaking my brain. Like, I don't know. I didn't get very far. But like, like you said, you're a kid. You get stuck in your own fucking room. OK, that's stupid. And the next thing, the next part where I got stuck was like you're in these woods. There is a stream. I'm sure you got to this. There's a stream which is like seven inches wide should be able to walk right over it you should yeah. be able to step over it with room to spare and these guys are like we gotta figure out how to cross this fucking stream i'm like what are you talking about they're talking about like it's the motherfucking columbia river and it's like seven inches of water dude like it's not even as wide as your fucking foot if you put your heel on one bank your toe would touch the other bank fucking walk over it and like doing shit like that is just like it it lost me so fucking wait so hard, you didn't dude. get past that no, I was like, okay. fuck this fucking game. Dude, my my irritation right after my that. irritation was so fucking high by that point. I was like, there's not a goddamn thing this game can do. So, I mean, it would have... No, 
No, nothing. You're I was going to make a joke. I'm not. It. I'm not even going to make a joke. Okay. Because I I had a joke, but I'm not going to make that joke. Uh, nothing this game could have done at this point would have salvaged it because it already showed me what kind of game it was, and I am not a customer for this. Yeah, game. no, and I agree with you. I'm not 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 even. I'm not not agreeing with you. Okay, I'm agreeing with you. But I will say this. Yeah, as soon as you get past that, um, that's when you see the murder, you know, like some crazy yeah. thing. And it's pretty intense. And it was like, oh, this game's going to be kind of dark too, which is kind of fun. But I just, I got through what you're saying just because I wanted to see the story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I agree with you. And um, yeah, I think it feels like an old school game that neither of us really play a lot anymore yeah um it, yeah. It, yeah for you it was tolerable for me it was absolutely intolerable and if you i mean that would be my takeaway for people is like if you like that old school ass kind of kind of a point and click if you're okay with that you will get a lot further than i am but i i'm i'm done with those i want yeah. modern point and click i'm moving forward with my life i'm not going backwards so <laughs> if you can't if you're like me and you can't put up with that old school shit fucking stay far away from this game Ooh, we don't know it's a guess a no slash maybe oh god it is an, it is an intense fucking no on me for this one i, I got so mad at this game if i could waste you are time. still mad you're I'm still angry about still it yes, mad. I am. yeah all right calm down moving on okay you know what <sighs> if you get breath. mad in the woods you know what happens cleansing, cleansing we attract the killer because i was gonna say some of the wendigo right <laughs> yeah or something like any sort of like tumultuous times either sexy yes. times or tumultuous times in the woods and sexy times are not happening right right now. and so straight the, up tell you that right um, i on my no. side as well yes. but a monster might show up because it's like it hears us right yes we need to the be, intense emotions in the woods let's chill out all right chill out. chill out it's coming it's coming okay let me talk uh, about a couple of other non-standard games. You know, this is this is a first-person game, although it's not not a first-person game in the traditional sense of Halloween. I'm um, talking about Hunt Showdown. Uh, this is a first-person game, but it is a team PvEVP game, which means you and a team of people uh, play as hunters, and you are hunting spooky monsters. You go into a map, and the maps are pretty big, uh, the flow of the game is that you use your special uh, supernatural vision. It's it's not like detective vision. It's like it's actually pretty weird. You hit the, the vision button. The entire screen goes black. And the first time I did it, I was like, oh, shit, what? Like the whole thing went black and you see a little glow way out in the distance. And that'll be like your first clue. You got to track that down. You walking through swamps, you're walking through forests, walking through spooky abandoned places, warehouses, slaughterhouses, churches, whatever. Uh, and you go to that glow and you find the glow and it's a clue. And um, it's weird because the clue looks like a giant smoking butthole in the earth. It's really, Ew. it's really unappealing. I do not care for that. I don't clue. like that clue. I don't like it either. Um, and when you find the clue, it opens. So that's even worse. Um, <laughs> not this is not even a joke. This is literal description. It's just what it is. And by the way, uh, I can't believe we haven't brought this show to the uh, this game to the show before because I thought it's been out for a bit, eh? It's been out for a couple years. I feel yeah. like, um, but I didn't get into it for a variety of reasons. Um, but you know, now they're doing this big Halloween push. I figured Halloween show. I have two people in my family who are both gamers, and the team is a maximum of three. So I thought that'd be a good fit. Mm. Um, and again, uh, I didn't say this before, but uh, PR did send me codes for this. So full disclosure, uh, we got codes. For, our, for the purpose of talking about here on the show, which we're doing right now. Um, so you go in these things, you find the smoking buttholes, you got to find three of them. And then once you get enough smoking buttholes, it tells you exactly where the monster is that you're looking for. So it narrows down your search. Like the maps are really, really big. There's no way you would find them if you were just like straight up searching. They're just too big. But you find clue, the map gets smaller. Second clue, map gets even smaller. Third clue tells you exactly where the monster is. You got to go track it down. And there's a whole bunch of different monsters. You and your pals go over there and you use your guns to shoot uh, whatever it is. There's also melee weapons as expected. 
Uh, interesting that there are some perks and stuff that give you some powers. And also the guns are really slow to reload and they're also really slow to fire. So I guess more realistic in that sense where you're not walking up with like an RPG in one hand and like, you know, double fisting Uzis in the other. Like it's like, you know, you fire off a couple shots, you got to reload and the reload is one of the slowest reloads I've ever seen in a game, which, which means it's realistic, right? Because I have fired guns in real life and you literally cannot like slam ammo in the way that people do in video games. That is not realistic whatsoever. Yeah. So that's that's all that's all cool that's all fine um you you kill the monster you get some perks you go back to base you level up you know etc etc you can see the loop here but the the hook is that your team of hunters is not the only team of hunters on the map there is always another team of hunters on the map so what that means is you can be with your buds uh trekking through the swamp walking through the woods tiptoeing through the graveyard you got your clue you're getting in close to the monster and what happens is there's other people who are doing literally the exact same thing that you're doing. And yeah. so you guys have to like not only fight the monster, but fight the other people as well. Um, that definitely adds a very different spin on things. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily liked it. I found it to be very challenging. Um, not only because I felt like the monsters that we fought were incredibly difficult um, because me, my wife and my kid were all brand new to the game. So we were doing the tutorial, got through the tutorial. We did like the most basic mission. And like the first time that monster wiped us like no problem. Like we weren't even close to killing it. Right. And so that was like, okay, we got spanked. Let's try again. And then the second time we came back, we get ready to do the monster again. And I got like fucking sniped in the back of the head from a mile away by some other person who was just, he saw us or his team saw us and they were just picking us off. Like, no problem. They had, like, better gear. They were way more experienced. And so, like, we were just, like, nothing to them. Um, They took us out, no problem. And then they uh, finished off the monster that we were starting to work on. That's zero fun, by the way. That's, like, like, that's nope out for me if that happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of like the concept of, like, teams going after monsters. It kind of was cool. Kind of a first-person, spooky-time, monster hunter sort of a thing, but with guns. Um and that was all right, but yeah, the PvP aspect really turned me off because as new players, I felt like we were just fodder for anybody on the map. Like we were just getting our asses just like smoked every single match. Yeah. And I felt like we were really struggling to hold our own ground and the game is supposed to match you with people who are of your equal skill and I kind of call bullshit on that because I we got one guy one time, but like we never did like a team wipe on anybody else and we often we just got our asses handed to us, man. Well, um, yeah. I just want to mention something real quick because after, after the, everything you explained, and I remember now this game uh, came up in conversation a lot when I was working on Scavengers. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Yeah, because when we were working on Scavengers, which isn't coming out or might still come out, we don't know, um, I still think, and we may probably mentioned it even last episode, is that it's incredible for what it did. Oh, and, dude, I loved it. Yeah, I loved which it. Which is that PvP, P- V-E. PvPVE, yeah. yeah, and it's hard to do that, and I think they did it really, really well. Agree, because again, in that game, and this is important for this game, explaining why it's different, is that you know everybody started new in the beginning, very few things carried over, and even if you were a better player, the match, you know, matchmaking stuff wasn't really as important because the world they built in that game was much more about like anyone could die from it. Yeah. So like storms would happen or monsters would jump you. And even if you're good at shooting or, you know, you know, the mechanics of the game, the randomness of it made it fun because then, yeah, say they're like dealing with monsters in a storm. They can't go fuck you up. Right. Right. But if, exactly. if, if the map is like, oh, I know the map. I know where the monster's probably going to be. I'm just going to snipe people. Exactly. Like, that yeah. is unfun to me. Yeah. But if yeah, they I, could yeah. add more elements to scavengers, that's what the feel. Yeah. 
Yeah, like. it's a real shame. I wish that somebody would like make scavengers happen because the bit that I played that one time I thought was amazing. And the balance is exactly right. Like when there are other mitigating factors that it's not just about your sniping skill, it's not just about mm-hmm. the gear you have, but it's about fighting the world. And to be to be honest, as we were in the world, because there's there's random like there's zombies walking around, there's other monsters walking around like that's not really that big a factor. And it felt like we weren't really ever struggling from the monsters, the ambient monsters. It was really just the big monster as we were embroiled in a boss battle. And then that left us open to be sniped from behind by people that were gunning for us. And right. so I felt like I had a pretty negative experience, although I basically like the idea of it. If we could take out the other characters, I think it would be better. Uh, but I will say um, this game runs in the cry engine. Um, and I think it's even cry tech that does it. I believe I could be wrong. We don't do homework here on the show, but mm-hmm. um, the graphics in this game are just too fucking dark. Like it's so dark and it's so gray. Everything is gray or black and you can get a flashlight. You, I think you start the game with one actually, but just like just looking at the world, everything was gray, 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 black, gray, gray, black. Like it was really boring to look at and really just monochrome. And after a couple missions, I was like, I'm just sick of looking at this game. Like, I just want to see something that looks better than this. I want brighter and just like, I just... We fought the the first boss we got to in this dark, like, meat locker area. And, like, it was just black. Just everything was black and gray. I couldn't see what was going on. And I'm like, this just is just not great. So I think it's a cool idea. Um, But I feel like probably people who are really good at it right now are probably, I mean, they're probably really good at it. I don't know that I really want to deal with that because I feel like the matchmaking wasn't really working appropriately. Or at least not for us. Maybe I had a bad experience. Maybe a random experience. But... Um, yeah, between the bosses and getting sniped in the back of the head constantly, I just, it wasn't a great experience. So I think that maybe we're not going to pursue that one. Beware the horrors of PVP done wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So that got me going though. Cause I, you know, the family was kind of hyped up. We were like, we were all ready to get in on like a team game that we could all play together. Um, so I started casting around to see what else we could do. And I had forgotten that remnant from the ashes came out a couple years ago. Maybe I want to say maybe five years ago, four or five years ago. So not ancient, but it's also pretty, pretty, pretty not new. You know, um, this is coming from gunfire games. Uh, and this is again, a, a maximum team of three people. Uh, it is somewhat dark souls inspired, but not really like it takes a lot of its own direction. A lot of its own ideas. It doesn't feel to me like a Dark Souls clone at all. You can see a little inspiration here and there. Wait, really? Because it really did to me when I played it. Really? Okay. Hang on to that for a second. We'll we'll compare notes on that. Um, But basically, it's a really cool setup where you're going to this island. um, You can't get to the island, so you crash land on this other nearby island, and there's like this little enclave of surviving humans. It's like the last humans alive. These monsters have come through from another dimension. They're ravaging the planet, and this little little holdout in a scientific base is really all that's left. So you're using like a sword and guns, but in this base is obviously like some really high tech stuff. There's like computers and there's like little warp gates and there's all this stuff. So it's a really interesting contrast between you kind of using this basic like low tech stuff and seeing the remnants of this high tech stuff. You find notes in the base and as you play the campaign, you unlock more of the base, which I think is just really well done where You'll go in and you'll activate a key card somewhere. You'll lower a bridge somewhere whatever. And you'll just get to this place that you haven't been to. And you're kind of like finding more of the stories you go, like seeing what happened to the researchers here, how they triggered this catastrophe, like what is left of their research. But at the same time, you're just like fighting, you know, like it's kind of like a medieval flavor sort of thing. It's a really cool juxtaposition. I really like that a lot. Um, and you get into the game 
you can play solo. I do not recommend solo because I found it to be very punishing solo. Um, that was very difficult. We're playing with a full team of three, and I feel like at three, I feel like the game was scaled for three. I feel like that's what you're supposed to be doing the whole time. Yeah, I tried to play solo, so that's probably part of the reasons why I said about the solo Ooh, thing. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, but boy, it spanks you if you try to play by yourself. It's very hard. Um, but you have uh, three different classes, melee, uh, middle range, and a sniper, and then you can buy all sorts of perks. You get heal, fiery bullets, different guns and stuff, and you just go through these randomly generated uh, levels with your team, killing dudes, collecting resources, come back to the base, level up, buy new guns, buy new gear, level up your armor, go back to do the next section. So it's a pretty straightforward loop, but it feels really good to play. I feel like the guns are very comfortable and snappy. I feel like they got some punch. I feel like the melee feels really good to do. It feels like you're really hitting people. Like the monsters like rock back. You know, there's none of that super armor bullshit that we talked about like in last episode or, or a couple episodes where it just sucks to like hit somebody with bullets or with a gun or uh, of course bullets or a gun or a bat or something. And the monster just kind of like just shrugs or whatever. It doesn't even stop their combo or something. When I hit somebody, I want to see them act like they get hit, right? I mean, it doesn't matter what you are. If you get hit in the face with a bat, you're going to at least pause for like a second. Like something's yeah. going to happen to you, right? I th so it, And you yeah. saying that, I remember it being much more like impactful. And I felt like, yeah, there was not super armor. Yeah, the guns. I mean, I feel like when you get a good combo off on somebody, you're, you're seeing them like rock back when you're hitting them. Or like when you're, you're shooting them with a combo, like your team is shooting them. They're just sitting there just getting like, you know, like just doing this dance because they're getting rid of bullets and stuff. I mean, that mm -hmm. feels pretty good. So the, I feel like that action is really well. I feel like the moment to moment action is really well. You got a, a dodge roll, which I think is okay. Uh, I don't know if it would pass the Carlos Dodge Rodella, uh, you know, no. standard. No. no, it's too slow. Okay. It's too slow. I felt, I felt like it was okay, but yeah. I guess I will take your word for it. Uh, but then, you know, you'll get to these combat situations that are just like these little uh, really tight and tense, and those are really fun. You get out of those, you survive, you save your buddy, you go on. Boss fights are pretty difficult, um, so you definitely got to try those a couple times, but like you beat those, you feel really good. And uh, so far we've completed the first world and the drop from the boss in the first world was like this like amazing, like super, like way upgraded gun based on what we already had. It did like way more damage. So we're excited to all like equip the new gear and start the new world. So I feel like it's a pretty straightforward formula, but I feel like they do it really well. I think the graphics are great. It, it plays well, feels good to play and uh, very accessible in terms of, or I should say approachable um, because we could all just like, we really just clicked with it right away. Like we're not struggling with it. It feels like we just already kind of knew how to play this game and it just felt very very good to play it was really fun well let me say a couple positives one now that i'm looking at the pictures and remembering this game um yeah the style is cool especially for halloween kind of a creepy yeah yeah post-apocalyptic but there's also monsters but there's also like you said high-tech stuff that's magical um tree monsters and just any like tons of monsters like literally yeah, like lots, the monster yeah. design so creepy uh fun free to play i recommend that you play obviously with people um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. am not that person, so I won't probably ever go back to this game. But I actually did play it solo, and you know me. It's like almost like uh, what's Elden Ring one? Um, I'll solo her or whatever. No, oh, let me solo let her. Let me solo yeah. her. I'm like that for like just regular campaigns that you're supposed to only play like in three people or more. I just play it single player. Um, so I got to the subway, which is a second world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like five, six worlds. Um, so the main city took me a while as, as a one player, but I did it. And you know how hard it is because you're playing with three. Oh, yeah. It's it's really tough just yeah. on your own. Yeah. But I did it and I got to the subway and I noped out because of difficulty. Right. Like you I just you have to play with other people at some point. Um, so that's why I said it, it got to me because, yeah, there is some souls element in the fact that if you're not getting through the area, you're going to start it all over again. So um, but, yeah, I really like it, too. I think it's the impact and feeling of. um of the combat is really good. 
and the style is awesome. So check it out. Yeah, I think it's really good. I will say also, um, so definitely get some friends if you have friends. We're yes. playing it in a full team of three. That really helps. I would like this game a lot less if I was playing it by myself because it's definitely really difficult. But also, um, there's also a sequel slash prequel to this game called Kronos. Same world, same kind of situation. It's like the ruined world, but you're playing somebody um, before and it kind of is it's a different kind of world. That game is much more Dark Souls where you've got combat. Um, that's the game where when you die, you age one year every, every time you die. So oh. there's an interesting time element to it. And I played it too. I know this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very well done. I finished that game, had a great time with it. And it connects very much so in terms of story with Remnant. Like it's absolutely the same world, same story, but very different gameplay. That's a solo experience. Remnant is a, uh, a group experience. So it's interesting that they took this world and kind of iterated two different things on it. So both of them I thought were quite well done. So if you have if you have at least one friend, but probably better to have two, Remnant is definitely a recommend for sure. And at this point, um, it's four or five years old. So I got it on sale. I think it was, I want to say it was 20 bucks for the full game plus all of the dlc i think that was the inclusive package i'm pretty sure 20 yeah. 25 bucks something like that i feel like i got my money's worth so i feel like that was pretty good it's totally so. affordable now so yeah, yeah check exactly. it out for third person action post-apocalyptic halloween good stuff all right carlos over to you for demon turf i've seen this one making the rounds and i'm pretty sure uh that cj at game critics one of our writers i think he liked this one if i remember correctly it could be misremembering one of our guys reviewed it and they really liked it so uh, i'm curious to see what you say about demon turf yeah it came out uh last year i want to say um or kind of around this time and yeah so we've we've played it before i think we probably played the demo and talked about it in the show but we i just, probably did it was on sale again on the playstation halloween sale which is one of the places you can play video games. Yeah, it's a, it's a place. Some, some people you can say play. the best place. Yeah. But, it's um, a place. Anyways, this is a 3D platformer, but with the art style being 2D. And I mean like hardcore, almost Paper Mario 2D. Yes, yes, it's very flat. For So the character's very flat, but the world's 3D. But then the, you know, the style's kind of in 2D as well. So it's kind of a mix, mishmash. But you can love or hate um, the actual like platforming because when your character moves... Again, any angle that she's in, you play as a, a demon lady, um, you, it looks like 2D. So it's kind of hard to explain unless you just watch the trailer. But Yeah, yeah. it's like your 2D character is always facing the screen no matter where you are in the world because you just get that flat, that it's a flat, flat sprite yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a Paper Mario in the 3D world, right? Um, anyway, so what you you play as, what am I remember her name? Beebs. Beebs. And she's a, a little demon who uh, wants to take over like the Demon King and for some reason just wanted to like be the the head honcho, the Demon Queen. Uh, and I guess he's a dick. Yeah, that's what it is. He's a dick. Um, you know how most Demon Kings are a dick. That's what I hear. At least. In general, in general. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a fair assumption. Sure. Oh, and Demon King in the beginning of the game taunts her in her sleep. Like you, the first um, thing you do is you're playing through like a dream and he's he's being a dick to you there. So anyway, so he, she wants to go take him over. But how you do that and why the game's called Demon Turf is you go to different turfs uh, where these demon gangs are hanging out and you got to take those over before you can challenge him. Um, and what's really cool about the game, why I do like it, spoiler, uh, is because the platforming is good. Again, you got to get that right. It's a platformer. Massive worlds. Um, a lot of like puzzles and stuff. Not puzzles, but like um, platforming puzzles, you know. Uh, levitating things. You know, you could fall to your death. Death is very easy to come back from, a la Meat Boy, right? So you don't ever feel too worried about that. Instantly right back. Um, and then 
the world is just really interesting and funny. Like they do some comedy and the whole thing is really just comedy. Uh, it's you're going around meeting people, um, finding these little villages that people live in. You can talk to pretty much everybody. Uh, there's lots of unlockable stuff. So if you're in the mood for like a platformer with unlockables, you know how we both like get in that mood. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, that's what this is, right? Just do you want a creepy, semi-creepy kind of comedy platformer with lots of unlockables? That's what this game is. Now, there's a little bit of combat. You can spin to like stun enemies, but also spin to fly because you turn into a bat because of reasons. And then you also can like punch and you, you can, you know, actually do some combat as well. Most of this game is like running around platforming. Um, and then, yeah, you're just basically trying to take over these different sections. But, you know, every world that you go to is like wild in, in design, like huge, like platform spinning, like, you know, crazy caves and just all sorts of things you can think of. So it's fun to kind of just see what each world is going to be like. Uh, you can also do that wall jump thing, you know, back and forth. Oh, sure. sure. Um, and yeah, I think this game's just like a style game again, back to kind of a different spookiness where you're fighting bosses, you're fighting these turfs, uh, of these gangs and stuff like that. And you're seeing this weird world that's presented in sort of 2d. Um, I really like it. I think it's just like relaxing and fun. And, uh, the other thing that's kind of novel about it is you set your own checkpoints. Oh, cool. Okay. Like you have them in your back pocket. They're like little flags. Um, the only con is that I didn't know that you had a limited amount of them and I just thought they were unlimited, which would have been amazing. Like, like per level or what do you mean? Like in the whole game or what? No, not in the whole game in like per section. Yeah. I think like wherever area you're in or something. I don't know how that did, how they delineate that. But all I know is I was in this section and I thought they were unlimited. I was like, this is the best game ever. Cause you know, I'm all about adventure mode right now. So there's no challenge. Um, right, right, right. So I used all mine up, like in the easiest areas. I didn't need to at all. And then I got to a place I couldn't beat, and I really needed that flag to be oh, able to no. start from there. So I had to go all the way back. So I just had to like restart. You know, like can you pick the flags back up, or you just no, restart the whole level? You had to restart the whole level. Okay. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, start over. You know, and then when I did, I knew when to put those flags down. But that's really cool. I wish they would. There was only three. Hopefully, in the game, you can unlock more. But right now, three didn't seem like enough. You know, because there was definitely a point where I was like, I did this jump spin, did this one thing, did this other thing. I'm not going to do that again. Right. You know, right, so right. that's the reason I stopped, by the way. I, I played this game for like four hours or so. Like I played a while, but it was just one level and I had to do a jump spin to a thing, to a thing, to another thing. And I was out of flags and I was like, you can go to hell. All right. I'm not playing you anymore. <laughs> so I, I stopped for that night. But I think that if I just manage my flags better, I'll probably be OK. So, yeah, I think it's fun and weird and, and spooky and, uh, again, another alternative style of a creepy, funny game. Okay, right on. Creepy yeah. platformer, too. That's fun. All yeah, right. creepy, Excellent. fun platformer, weird, different. Well, we are going to be keeping up the, the, the tone of weird and different because, boy, this is probably the most weird and most different uh, that I played for Halloween Spooktacular. Uh-oh. It's called Fatagan Simulator. It's F-H-T-A-G-N. What uh, simulator? Um, if any, if you're familiar with Lovecraft, you know what that word is. That word comes up a lot in Lovecraft writings, specifically around Cthulhu and uh, the Elder Gods kind of stuff. Uh, it's one of the the words that people say in their spells a lot. It's like a a cry that they give when they're summoning Cthulhu or something. So. How do you pronounce it? 
I mean, I guess it's Fatagan. I don't know. Fatagan. Fatagan. Yeah, maybe. I don't okay. know exactly how Wait, to Wait, did we it. just conjure it in the woods? The Fatagan? Is it going to come for us? Stop. You, got, you can't say it. If you say it one more Fatagan. time. Fatagan? No, you say it five damn times. It, you just said it. Damn it. Oh, only twice? That's like not even that much. Well, you know, it's times are short. Wait, I think really I hear it. Right now. I think I hear it. Okay, hurry up with this review because it's coming. That's my dog. He's just overweight. I'm oh, sorry. Geez. He's breathing heavy. <laughs> he's just heavy breathing. Stop I'm feeding sorry. that dog. Oh, it's so hard to say no to him, though. He's so cute. Anyway, Photogen Simulator. So this is a really, really bizarre game. So apparently, I've never played a game like this before, but um, I did talk to some people who said that they had played similar games, but there's not many of them. It's a very unusual kind of thing. Basically, it is a... I almost want to say it's a deck builder, and it kind of is, but it also kind of isn't. Um, you have... Okay, so the whole game is Cthulhu-themed. Everything about it is Cthulhu-themed. And the main play is where you have cards in a deck. You select just a couple cards at first, like two. And then you place these cards in what I can only describe as like a carousel. So the carousel is on your screen. Um, the cards go into the carousel. And since you only have two cards, there's a lot of empty spaces in the carousel. And you start the level and the carousel spins. And every time it makes a full revolution, it goes counterclockwise. Every time, or maybe it goes clockwise. Clockwise? Counterclockwise. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It spins. Anyway, when it makes a full revolution, it automatically calculates the relationship between those cards. Uh, I know that probably doesn't mean anything to anybody. But as an example, as you play further in the game, every time you make a revolution, you get to choose one card. Add that to your carousel, um, and then it goes in. So, for example, um, this game is really true to the Cthulhu theme because you're trying to ultimately earn points. You want to earn enough points to summon Cthulhu, and you need to earn like like a whole bunch of points. Each level, you have to earn a certain number, and if you clear that number, then you go on. If you don't clear that number, the game is over. Start over again. So um, kind of like a, a play-based, a run-based game in that sense. Um, so you have like you start with like two human cards, right? And it'll be like, human gives you plus one power. If a monster kills him, plus eight power. So you can see that plays into the Cthulhu theme where you want to kill humans as much as possible because they give you more power by killing them. Hmm. Um, so you, you plug in your guys. They go around once. You get like two points because no one's killed a mon uh, no one's killed the humans. The next card you draw might be a monster that'll say it kills humans that it's next to. You plug that into your carousel. Hopefully it goes next to a human. This is one of the aspects of the game that I'm not really sold on is it doesn't seem like there's a way for you to put the card where you want it to be. It seems like, if I'm, if I'm not misunderstanding it, it just randomly selects a slot that for the card to go in. So if your monster ends up next to the human, great. It goes around the carousel one time. You get like a plus eight because you just killed that guy. Wonderful. You made some progress. But if the monster ends up in some other random slot that's not next to your human, nothing happens. So it's a little bit of a lot of randomness to it. And as you go, each revolution... You slowly accumulate. The game auto-calculates. You don't really do anything. It just it spins on its own. And the only real decisions that you're making are kind of choosing which card you want and hoping hoping that it goes into a good slot. Huh. Um, it's interesting. I feel like it's very interesting. I think it's a cool idea. I love the theming. I love um, the art is like super, super lo-fi, like really basic um, pixel art, like super, super basic, like, like um, you know, like one bit graphics, like really, really simple. But it's, it's kind of cool looking. Um, music is pretty spoopy, which is great. And I think just the idea of this like auto spinning carousel with cards is, is pretty cool. I would like to explore that more. Um, and all the cards you get are similar. Like you'll see like the King in yellow, you'll see Cthulhu, you'll see the cultist, you'll see like a Shogoth and stuff like that. Like all of the, the familiar faces from the Cthulhu mythos will show up and 
you'll get also get like police or you'll get like crowd of people or child or something. That one kind of skewed me out a little bit, but you'll get like all these different cards. And just, you know, it, it's just, you plug them in, spin the wheel, add up the points, plug in a new card, spin the wheel, add up the points. And hopefully you're making enough points. So it's, it's weird. It almost feels like a clicker in some ways or almost yeah. like an idle game in some ways. But the problem is that I, so number one, the person who is developing this game, I am almost 99% sure they're not an English speaker. So there's some translation confusion. Yeah, um, I'm looking it up right now, and it's uh, kanji characters, so I have to yeah. translate it. Some of the stuff is not translated properly, which is confusing because in a game like this, it really hinges on you to know the rules, to know how the cards are going to interact with each other. And if there's any confusion or if the cards don't work like you thought they did, I mean, it can end a run, no problem. Um, also, the randomness, I don't understand the value of not letting people put the cards where they want to go. I mean, if there is a way to do it, I, I didn't figure that out. I, it seemed like it was just random. So that, to me, was my biggest barrier where I would see these combos of like, oh, okay, well, here's the vampire guy, and I can put him next to this guy, except I can't. I can't figure out how to put him in. And I just had to, like, randomly hope that he would end up in the right spot, which did not really work for me. Well, and I was going to say, I wonder if that's, like, their style, though, right? They just want you, to, like you said, to uh, the clicker idea. Like, this is a thing that you experience, you know? Maybe. I mean, possible. Maybe. I, Maybe. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. There's also a couple other mechanics, which I got to be real honest. I just did not understand. I think partly because it wasn't explained well, partly could have been a translation error and partly because it's just this is a brand new style of game for me. So I don't really have a knowledge base to build off of. But like one of them was like burning people or monsters. And then one was freezing monsters. And I just I straight up didn't understand it. I didn't know what was happening. And then the other thing was locking a slot. So it seemed like it was that was maybe the game's way of giving you some control over which aspects of the carousel your cards go into. But again, I didn't understand it. Like I was like, uh, like I want to put my monster next to the human, but then I can't do that. But then I can lock this slot, which means it's either unlocked or locked. And I wasn't quite sure what that meant. So if I lock it in, what happens? And like it just it just was murky. Like I didn't yeah. I didn't get it. So I feel like this game is on the right track. I feel like this game could be really awesome. Um, but it needs a really robust translation from someone who can do a very good translation job. And also they need to really explain those mechanics more. Um, and in fact, they may even want to get rid of some of those mechanics because from my limited understanding of them, I felt like it was maybe more mechanics than the game needed. I think just the theming and the cards themselves was, was good enough for me. Um, but again, I didn't fully understand it. So maybe my, my opinion would change if I, if I knew more. Well, but, yeah. Yeah. Go yeah good. I was going to say, I'm going to add this context from the steam pages. A bunch of people are echoing what you said. Um, they like a lot, lots of parts of it. They say it's kind of like Slay the Spire. The translation's bad. Um, they they mentioned Bibble. I guess they talk. They say they call the Bible the Bibble. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Um, possible, possible. But um, the 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 thing is, it's called an auto game. It's kind of like the auto chess games. Okay. I feel like I that's, played those, but yeah, that's what they're mentioning. So it's like it's kind of supposed to be like that. It seems like where. Hmm. Auto game is definitely like a genre. We don't play a lot of them on the show. Yeah, but, I don't have any experience. Um, yeah, like auto chess and stuff like that is comes to mind. So if it's like that, that kind of explains the style at least. But um, And it's also called a simulator. But yeah, the, the studio is called Keyhole Studio. It's translated. In, um, I just translated it. So, But yeah, I think that's a, definitely an issue. But that seems like a lot of people say there's a lot of potential here. Yeah, I would really, I would really, really encourage um, the developer and the publisher of this game 
to really invest some money in a in a really strong translation and really think about those mechanics maybe maybe strip some of those out or at least explain them a lot more yeah because i feel like this could be a real winner i could easily see myself doing this on the switch or just like having some fun spinning the wheel a couple times like it seems like it's all going in the right direction it just needs more work so i like what i see but it's it's not ready for prime time right now all right. Well, maybe check it out. Maybe check it out. All right. Last official game of the show is for you, Carlos, In Sound Mind. I don't know much about this one, uh, so why don't you fill us in? It seems like you like this one. You played a lot of uh, a lot of time with this one. Yeah. Uh, what, is, what is up with In Sound Mind? In Sound Mind is the closest uh, type of game to the traditional first-person horror game. Uh, that we're going to talk about this whole show. Okay, all right. Um, and it came out because I kept seeing it show up, um, you know, on the browse new games at some point. So it's been out for a little bit, but again, it showed up in my PlayStation Halloween sale. And okay, it was an easy purchase because it was much cheaper. Um, so what is this game? Oh, this is such a great game. So spoiler. In Sound Mind, I want more of these types of games. Basically, um, the developer, by the way, is called We Create Stuff. Uh, and I just looked up. I'm That's starting kind of with, on the nose, isn't it? I know. I, uh, I'm starting with the ending first, which is I looked up the developer, and they made a game called uh, Nightmare House 2. I don't know if there was ever a Nightmare House 1. <laughs> um, but it's a free game, and it's a horror first-person game uh, that's pretty creepy. And I just found the page. I'm going to like download it today. But it's a free game, and it comes with a bunch of like behind-the-scenes stuff, which is kind of cool, like free games. Uh, so what is this game? So it's first person. And why did I like it, by the way? It's because you watch the trailer, you'll know right away. Uh, maybe you could do that while I'm talking about it. It is creepy. It feels like a weird Twilight Zone first-person horror game where, again, remember we played? I played Twilight Zone VR, which was just a horror game. Yeah, we talked about it last episode. That's right. Yeah, the monster comes after you, and that was mainly what it was, at least the whole first story. This is like more traditional what I want out of um, a creepy mind horror game, which is you play as a guy who wakes up, doesn't know where he is. That's very classic, first person. But it becomes very unclassic when you start walking and exploring where you are in this building. And you can see that there's going to be light elements of gunplay and some combat. Back to what we said earlier, too, it's all about pacing. The beginning's about exploring, figuring out this weird place. Very soon in the game, you get phone calls, and the phone calls are from this other person. You know who it is, but they're, like, making fun of you and saying that you, um, you know, are, are going to get yours or whatever. And they kind of allude to your past, which is, I guess, you uh, were a therapist and kind of helping patients and stuff like that. But then it also kind of gives you a mystery that's to solve, that there was this town and a lot of the people got sick from some chemicals and it might be a corporation that did it. And you're like, what? So you keep getting these questions you want answered. But along the way, uh, very early in the game, you find this cassette tape and you get find your office, which I guess is like, you know, uh, I think it's your office. And you put the cassette tape in the cassette player and you go to a dream world. It opens up this dream world where you're like listening to your patients and you're listening to people who were affected by this, you know, calamity that happened in town. But in this dream world, you can see a huge cassette tape in the distance, which I thought was a really nice stylistic thing where the cassette tape, you know, this massive, like a mountain of a cassette tape is playing while you're like listening to these audio journals and you're like doing traversing, you know, like this weird world, which is like murky and creepy looking. And then you go back to the world, I guess, real world, you don't know yet. 
and you're in this building and you're doing more like exploratory. But then there's kind of monsters and then there's kind of a talking cat and then there's um, a shopping market. Shopping market? That is not a name. Shopping, <laughs> shopping mall? Center? Shopping it's a market. Mall? It's like a, a grocery store. Okay. I just, I don't know. I just, just, like just a, a market. I mean, that's great. Yeah, I think fine. the game just like inter, in, uh, infiltrated my brain and short circuited me. Um, yeah. So you go into like a grocery store and then all of a sudden, like, there's spirits in there. And you're like, why is there spirits in there? Anyways, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's just, it feels like a bunch of little Twilight Zones in a way where you keep getting surprised by different things that are happening in this world. And yeah, there's some puzzle stuff like we've been talking about. You have to like find the fuse box and put it in said thing. Sure. But all that never felt like too bad and never got too stuck. There's a crafting table, so you do light crafting. Ooh, wow. uh, okay. No, but I'm telling you, like light crafting. I had to craft the gun, which means I had to find three pieces of the gun and then I've crafted it. That's the only crafting I've done so far, and I've played a lot of this game. All right, all right. So I, I, that's very light touch. But it's just more like it's adding a couple elements here and there. Um, I, I guess why I like it so much is because it's creepy. It's not about jump scares. There's definitely monsters at some point. Like there's a point in that grocery store where there's these spirits coming after you, but there's a game to it. Like you've got to like have them run into mirrors and when they do, they die. Um, so it's not like you just running and shooting and hopefully you don't die. It's like you're being smart about it. You know, you're like in a grocery store that's dark. You got to lure the, you know, spirits over to the mirror and then they die. Um, it just feels more fair. You know, it's not like a, just a lot of other survival horror games. Sure. Um, anywho, I just love the, the fact that it keeps changing. You don't know what's real. Um, I've never played a game like this in that way where like you're kind of getting a, a backstory, which again does have feels of Silent Hill where you're like, what's really going on here? You know? So it almost feels like first person Silent Hill at times. And I really like it. It's just a weird thing. I watched the trailer while you were talking and yeah, definitely not my jam. Like watching this trailer, I'm like, this is none of this is anything that I am interested in personally, but yeah, it looks very interesting. The dream sequences um, that you're talking about seem pretty trippy. I mean, it seems like there's a whole bunch of stuff in the trailer that's pretty wild and pretty out there. So pretty psychedelic stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean like flashlight, you said darkness, first person. Uh, and I, I, I don't care for these kind of games. Nothing about this is selling me, but it does seem like, um, not your usual uh, first-person fright fest, so maybe it is worth it for folks who like. I mean, it seems like you know, like walking simulator vibes a little bit. Silent. That's Hill exactly vibes it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Like, and so, okay. even though you watch the trailer, I think the trailer misrepresents it as like faster pace. It does seem kind of fast. It's not yeah. at all. It's not at all. So that's why I'm why trying do to they do that. Why do you do that? I don't trailer know. Maker? I don't know. Because basically, I just had fun. Like again, I don't know. I haven't got all the way to the end, but there's like, I think it was a five cassettes. I found like three. So I'm pretty far and yeah, there's some boss elements, but like, I just feel like it's an exploratory and it's about the story they're telling, which is like, you know, what happened to these people and evil corporations and, you know, like a bigger story going on. And so, and then also I think what they do really well and maybe is misrepresented is those dreamscape worlds feel really cool. And like you're jumping into a dream world. Um, which again, feels like twilight zone or something where you're like, this isn't real. Um, and also like, I guess resident evil does that too. You're like, is this really happening to me right now? But yeah, I don't, I think it's misrepresented. It's a definitely a slow, it's not like a first person horror game that would bring to the show. Every game that we talked about so far is different. This is that same way. Like I spent just a long time walking around the building, finding stuff 
and yeah. you know it just felt fun and spooky okay right so on. Right i think on. it's a slower fun spooky game that's weird and makes you think because i think the uh, spoiler i think at the end is going to be like big corporations are terrible um, that, that, i'll just spoil that now that's true that's just scary everybody that's true and because right. it's so real yeah too real too yeah real. so yeah, i like cool. i like the setup and yeah don't let this the trailer make you think it's a a run fest because i've basically been prodding along just like learning about the world so this is not outlast part three this is not at all no 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 okay good i don't good. think i hid ever yet um the only time i was i wasn't even hiding it was with the grocery store thing there was these spirits i knew where they were when i saw them i ran and i made them break into the glass you know but that sure. was a plan that wasn't like me going like oh right, so, right, right. Gotcha. yeah i All really right. like this game cool excellent in sound mind you're playing it on playstation i think it's on every platform right now i think it is yeah all right, excellent. That is the conclusion of the games that Carlos and I had time to play. Now, uh, that was a lot of games. Uh, we covered a lot there, and I feel like we did justice to our initial concept of trying to bring non-standard Halloween games. You know, I don't think we really brought your traditional first-person corridor spook fest. No, not at all. Which I'm proud about. I'm proud. I'm proud about that. But we also had a lot of suggestions from people who wanted us to cover games for the show. We put out the call maybe two, three weeks ago and asked people, you know, what kind of uh, non-standard games they would like us to play. We got a lot. I mean, we got too many to even get to. I'm going to cover some of these in the future. Carlos, I think you're probably going to bring some of these in the future as well. Uh, But let me run through a couple of the titles now. And in case any of y'all want to jump on these, maybe you can play these ahead of time. Then you'll know what we're talking about when we bring them to the show. Um, the first one is one that I've talked about a million times, but it got a lot of votes. The Dark Side Detective, uh, number one and number two. These are uh, 2D point and clicks. These are some of my favorite. Top of the genre, I think. Dark Side Detective, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darkwood, which is a top-down spooky game where it's kind of like a Silent Hill-esque. Yeah, it was um, on my list, and I almost played it for this show. Okay, Eyes in the Dark is a kind of a 2D platformer roguelike where you use a flashlight. Uh, it's on Steam. It looks really cute. I was wishing it was on Xbox. It's not. It's PC only, but I still may give it a try. Anyway, uh, Midnight Scenes. I don't know what that one's about. Spirit Hunter NG. I don't know what that one's about. Nightmare Frames. I don't know what that one's about. And The Last Door is one that I've already bought. I've had it on my Switch for a long time. I believe it's from the same people that did Blasphemous, I think. Ooh, 2D style. Yeah, it's a 2D, but like Blasphemous was like more of a Souls-like platformer. I believe The Last Door is a spooky point and click. So I loved Blasphemous. I thought it was amazing. I'm very curious to see what these people did before Blasphemous. And from people I've talked to, Everybody I've spoken to has played The Last Door has spoken very highly of it. So I'm very excited about that. Um, so big shout out to the people who suggested these games. Uh, Thief of Hearts, uh, Brad Ramon, who I affectionately refer to as Other Brad, uh, Overlord Roar, longtime friend, uh, Fritz, and several other folks. Thank you all for your suggestions. We couldn't get to them all, but we will get to some more of these. There's no reason that spooky season has to end just because Halloween's almost over. Exactly. Um, so thanks very much for that. Well, I'll also tell you real quick. Can I okay. add on to that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, before the before we go, is that um, a couple honorable mentions. One, I did go back just for spooky season and play some more West of Dead. Oh, I love West of which, Dead. Which, yes. yeah, we talked about in the show, but I think I only played a little bit of but man, oh man, did I feel that right now during Halloween? Because it's just the style of it is so cool. Yeah. Um, cartoony style, whatever, cutout style, but dark. And it's a roguelike that you feel good about the progression. I don't know. I just tell people to check that out if you want to play kind of an action. Oh, dude, it's, creepy it's always. Thing. Yeah, it's always on my hard drive. I come back to it every so often. I talked about it when it came out. And I talked about it when they dropped their first DLC. I don't talk about it anymore because I'd be talking about it all the time. But I do. 
I dip into it every so often. I haven't beat it yet, but like I make a little progress and I come back and put it down. But it's one of those that I really revisit, which is pretty rare. Because the gameplay is just so good. Yeah, it um, is really good. So that's a Halloween kind of spooky shooter, shooter yep, kind yep, of game. Yep, yep. And also Zomboid, I almost played. I really think I'm going to download it. It's, again, super cheap right now. I'm playing How it on PlayStation. I think Z O M B O I D. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. I it's don't know basically um, um, Arkanoid, but with uh, oh. RPG, like RPG zombie monsters. Okay, that sounds fun. I know, right? So like that's like a no brainer. So that's an honorable mention, and not honorable mentioning, but also mentioning I didn't play, but I was real close to playing the Jumping Pumpkin. Oh man! Is that one of those dollar ninety nine motherfuckers on PlayStation? It's like Zump Jump, not as good as Zump Jump, which is like, in my opinion, almost as good as Elden Ring. Nothing, nothing's gonna step to Zump Jump. No, no. But the Jumping Pumpkin is available. I would maybe not suggest to get it. But all right, let's do our uh, one last thing before we go because we are gonna go pretty quickly. Um, I want to bring up really quickly the hundred one scariest horror moments. We've been really pimping this one hard the last couple episodes, but the the series finally ended. We finally got to the top 10. We got to the number one. So we got to see the whole thing. Uh, I have some thoughts, but Carlos, what was your thought on the whole, whole wrap up and especially the top 10? Um, I was just, I was disappointed by the top 10. Um, I I really enjoyed the whole series again, done very well. I'm watching this in in tandem with in search for darkness. We're going to search for darkness. Yeah. We're going to start, which is great. That one's more about the 80s movies. This is about all movies, right? Any time period. Yep, so there's a lot yep. of new movies in this one as well. I liked it a lot. Um, the top 10, we don't need to break it down, but my, the top 10, the problem I have with that is the same problem as I have with this pretty much the whole series, mm-hmm. which is that 101 Scariest Moments is probably the wrong name for this series. Um, in my opinion, seeing something go in somebody's eyeball is not scary. It's just fucking gross. <laughs> Um, and a ton of movies on this list were were just gore. There was and, a lot of eyeball penetration on this list. Yeah, well, and just also just cra- crazy gore, you know? And I don't care for that. And in the top 10, there was a lot of those. Like, And even Exorcist, in my opinion. I know people like it for other reasons, but it just feels gross and weird. And I don't know. Uh, maybe not Exorcist. But yeah, that's my only con is that like there's just so much gore in this 101 list. And, and they put him next to scary which i just don't equate is the same thing i mean you know i guess it's all in the uh penetrated eye of the beholder i suppose but uh i mean for me i thought the top 10 was was interesting and i thought it was better than it was going to be because i was ready for it to be just the usual suspects right like i bet if if you and i probably put a list together i bet we we could put a pretty good top to get top 10 list of what we thought would be but i gotta say it was about half and half half were the classics that i thought were going to be there exorcist uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, The Ring, like those ones, I was like, okay, those are probably going to be at the top. But there was actually several in the top ten that I was very surprised by. I'm pretty sure um, I don't have the whole list, so we're not going to break it down. But like stuff like Audition, I didn't expect to be there, and I was like, oh my god, I saw Audition in theater, that fucked me up. Yeah, that I don't want that to shit. be in the top ten. I think that's one of the things that bothered me that that was. No. See, you liked that it was there because it's not traditional, which is good. Yeah, yeah, but I, I like it because I don't was... like what it is. That movie, that movie, no, dude, that movie's super fucked up. Like, yeah. it's mega fucked up. But I was glad that it was there because. It was different. It was something new, and it wasn't just the usual. I also, I'm pretty sure, wasn't Train to Busan in the top ten? I'm pretty it sure, sure it was. was. Yeah. yeah, and that makes sense because of the kind of heartfelt story in a zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I just, I like the mix. I thought they had, you know, half classics, half new ones that I wasn't expecting. Not that I really liked them all, because I think I'm probably closer to you 
in terms of we don't really like just straight up gore and stuff like that. But I did appreciate that it was an unconventional. I was surprised many times by the top 10, which I appreciate. Okay, so. I'll say this. I know what it is now. And I was listening to you. But I was also forming my idea, which okay. is while you were explaining those the titles, yes, I like The Thing was in it. I like, I think The Shining was even in it. Um, yeah, yeah. Those traditional ones were there. But I think why it left a bad taste in my mouth uh, because... Um, audition was there, which is super gross. And again, not scary at all. In my opinion, it's just fucked up. Like it's fucked up. You want to make the top 101 list fucked up horror movies, then yes, it's on there. Um, and then, um, we just mentioned, we mentioned, uh, what's the other two? Um, Train to Busan? Train to Busan and, and Exorcist and one other one. I forgot. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. I think it, was that the number one? I think it was. It was the number yeah. one. Yeah, not to spoil anything. I guess we just gave it away there. But oh come I on! I think everybody and their brother probably could have picked that one as the number one. Yeah, so. but that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't. That's like not it's scary at all to me. Like that. That's I, I don't want to go on the tangent, but I do. Which is that you know human despair isn't yeah. fucking scary to me. That's like real life. Like just like in the video games we play. I know I don't play those games that are like oh this is the real life you know destruction of bodies and stuff. Um, yeah, that there's nothing scary or like, uh, it's just disturbing to me, especially like that door slam. I mean, I remember the movie, it's fucked up and they, they show that door slam over and over again. If you don't know that movie, just, I don't know, maybe don't watch it. Yeah. Maybe don't watch it, but it's a very famous door slam. And it's just like, I don't want that. And that was like what they ended the whole 101 series on. Like, fuck you a little bit. Like, I just (laughs) like, that's like, we have a tough enough time on this planet already and I'm on the tangent now, fully on it. I just, I don't want that out of horror movies and other people, subjective, I know, but man, oh man, do I not want that. And so for when that was number one, I was like, fuck off. I mean, I'm kind of with you, dude. Like, I, I don't know that I'm with you for the same reason, but I think I am actually with you because uh, my wife and I don't like those like really despairing horror movies where it's just about like losing hope and oh, hereditary. people getting yeah. tortured. That's yeah, in there hereditary. too, right? That's so in there that, too. That was, yeah. We're not, we're not fans of gore porn at all. Like we don't like those kind of movies. We don't like movies where people are being, it's, it's like, it's kind of like, um, um, like in the eighties, it was like the, I think it was the Pope or something. They asked him what the definition of pornography was, or maybe it was a court case. They're like, what is the definition of pornography? And they're like, well, I, I don't know what the definition is, but I know it when I see it. Right. Yeah. And that's to me is like when we're looking, we're looking at horror movies. We don't, there's a certain like, um, oh God, I'm, I struggled even like a certain kind of sadism that comes in, in horror movies that we just, we automatically don't like me and my wife are like, we're both out. Like, Kind of like uh, postal or not postal, um, hostile, uh, hostile, yeah, hostile, hostile, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, we're not we're not down for those. Like we like horror, we like a lot of horror. Um, horror comedy is probably our favorite, but you know we'll watch just straight up scary stuff, but not when it's like people being just like really fucked up, cruel to each other, just yeah. like really like mean spirited kind of shit. Like it's, we don't watch that. So. And it's in the list. I mean, it, it, yeah, there's it, a lot of it in the list for sure. Um, is, and so. so I will say also this though, in the tandem, in Search for Darkness, which you're gonna see soon. Yes. is all but 80s horror movies. Now, there's a ton of slashers in that. It's almost like less because, you know, if you don't have the high quality and you're like kind of laughing at it, you know, right, it's not right, as right. gross or right. it's being gross, but it's it's failing, right? <laughs> you're like, I don't really believe that happened. Far easier to laugh at that stuff. It's easier, right? And so I think the whole uh, episode one or whatever, the first version of In Search of Darkness is great. But In Search of Darkness 2, I started, and I noped the, the out. The second series or the second episode? The second series. Series, okay. They have three whole series. Right, right, right. Um, I'm still interested in the third because it's going to be more about the movie making as well. But the second one, I say don't watch it. 
because it's more about the mean spirit. It's stuff? just the gore. It's like yeah, okay. hardcore, a lot of Italian horror. And yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm no. out. Yeah, so I don't, I don't like know why. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Search of Darkness 2, not my favorite, but. I've been watching tons of stuff, uh, but horror. So, yeah. All right. Okay. One other thing that I want to mention, I don't know what you got, Carlos, but I do want to mention Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah. Um, I'm watching that right now. I think you're watching that on Netflix right now. This is the series of eight short horror films curated by Guillermo del Toro, which is to me, I mean, he's probably my favorite dude in horror right now. I love like everything the dude touches. He and I are vibing so hard. He doesn't know it, but I'm, I know it. You're vibing with him. I'm vibing with him real hard. He doesn't know he's vibing with me real hard, but he is. Love you, Guillermo. He's doing good stuff. Um, and so he's not behind. I think he wrote a couple of the stories and I don't know if he directed any, but he's curating them. And I, I've watched, I think three or four so far. And one of them I was not super crazy about, but the other ones have been really great, but I love that. It's just like, um, really different slices of different types of horror, different types of storytelling, different types of scares. I'm, I'm super into it so far. I really like this series. Yeah, I love it. I keep DMing you about it, just making sure yeah, you're watching yeah, yeah. it, and you oh, yeah. are. Oh, yeah, we are. Um, I've seen three. Uh, one of the uh, the newest one I just saw was, yeah, comedy, but then got really dark. The one about the rats is really good. It's, again, each one's directed by somebody different. That's the whole thing. But yeah. he did write a couple of the stories. Um it's just like, I, I think I DM'd you this. It's like the new Twilight Zone, in my opinion. It really does feel like that. Because yeah, it's it really not does. all just bad. I mean, like, similar to Twilight Zone, some of the characters end up in a bad way at the end. Um, some don't, you know. It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's not, it's not uh, across the board bad. But um, And some characters who are bad get their comeuppance, which, you know, you would see in Twilight Zones all the time. For sure. But, For yeah, sure. it just feels like these really cool, like, Black Mirror episodes uh, or Twilight Zone, and done very well. Like, each one's done amazing. Yeah. And yeah. so different. Um, highly recommend it. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's probably my favorite thing to watch right now. Me and my yeah. wife cannot get enough, so we're going to watch more tonight. Um, and that's all I had for before we go. You got anything uh, left well, over there, Well, one thing is, I'll probably, uh, for Halloween, watch Young Frankenstein, because uh, I haven't oh, seen that God. for a while. Classic. Yeah, and I just found out it's on HBO, so if you have oh, HBO. Oh, shit. Okay, I know what we're doing today. You can watch it today or tomorrow for Halloween. And also, I might, even though I just spoke ill against this, which I'm so on the fence of this. You could tell me uh, right now if I should do it or not. Um, I want to watch Barbarian, even though oh, I, dude. I just oh. heard, you know, I just was talking about how I don't want to see people yes. kill yes. each other. And I know there's a basement and there's a bad person down there or something's down there. So I know it's going to get gory. But I heard there's like tons of comedy in it. So, okay. So I'm glad, I'm really glad you brought this up because I was literally just talking about this yesterday. Okay. Uh, because, so the number one thing, so Barbarian just hit HBO Max. So you can watch it for free if you subscribe or quote unquote free. Um, I don't know anything about it. And everybody I talk to says, don't read anything about it. Don't right. watch anything about it. Go into it cold. And I'm like, okay. But just like we, me and Carlos were talking about a second ago, I don't like gore porn. And I'm like, I don't want to walk into like a hostile slash saw type situation, right? Especially with like the wife there. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, and so I talked to uh, Mike Susky, uh, game critics writer and also friend. And he assured me that it is not a gory hostile type situation. He's like, it's not that bad at all. He really liked it a lot. And he's got good taste in movies. Um, and a lot of people are saying there are laughs. They're saying it's kind of funny too, which is like, oh, wait. 
I thought this was a super scary, but it's not. I mean, it's scary, but also funny. And the funny is what I want to see. So I think we're going to give it a shot, like either tonight oh, or tomorrow. Shit, I'm, we're both going to do it. We're both going to go in. I think we're going to. I think we should go for it. Let's you and me both watch it oh, before the next shit. episode, and then we'll compare. But all I know is, don't read anything. Don't don't I'm read not. reviews. Just go into it, and we'll see what happens. And I, I and and full disclosure, I have no problem noping out of a movie if it if it runs right. And way, I will so. too. And yeah. we can say that next episode, we'll say uh, we did or no, we didn't. But all by right. the way, this is like we're in the woods right now, and we see that house, that barbarian movie in the distance. Yeah. We do we think it's a safe place or do we not? Well, we're both going to go to it right now. At the Hopefully end of the it's show. safe. Hopefully it's fine. Hopefully they got like cookies and cocoa but oh there's we don't know. no cookies for sure oh damn it damn yeah it. and no cocoa what a, no i just don't want a metal door that's all i, I don't want a no, metal, you want door that slamming slam. metal door yeah, exactly. i'm just afraid i think that what they're gonna do okay here's my um this is a total guess here's total my prediction guess. they're gonna they're gonna lure you in with the fact that it's not a traditional movie certain people are gonna live when you think they're gonna die uh it's not what you think instead of a person killing by the way i have no idea so i'm not spoiling yeah i don't either i don't know anything instead of a person being a murderer it's going to be a monster it's going to be some sort of magic mystical curse right and there's going to be comedy down there but you're also going to see fucking destruction gore and i bet you it's going to be both and then even the suskies of the world are going to be like it wasn't that bad because i'm used to a lot of gore but i bet (laughs) you i bet you you and i are going to be like we got through it but we feel bad (laughs) <laughs> Probably. I mean, that sounds like a pretty realistic. That's a good uh, prediction. Realistic. Yeah, that's a good prediction. So we got to remember this. We're going to circle back. I I will watch it before the next episode. You watch it before the next episode. We'll come back and circle back and talk about Barbarian next time, and we'll see what happens. Um, anything could happen. Who knows? Okay. Right? I don't know. So, and to leave right. everybody with last last movie for horror Halloween because I just thought of it. You want a, a movie that will circumvent circumvent? Nope. I can't speak this episode. Will change your mind about what horror could be. Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I love Cabin in the Woods. So great. Now, that's what, what I want out of Barbarian, right? I don't think I'm going to get it. But Cabin Who in the knows? Woods is comedy, horror, weird, totally Unexpected. weird ending. Yeah, dude. It's love crazy. the ending. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an all-timer. It's an all-timer. Cabin in the Woods. All right. Anything else, Carlos? No, I, I'm out of breath. I'm done. I'm out of breath as well. All right, folks. That is our show. Our Halloween Spooktacular 2022 is now at a close. As always, we'd love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at SoVideoGames. But you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? YouTube.com slash Carlos Rodella. That's where and, are all my sketches. And, and DodgeRollMarketing.com if you want me to make a, a video for your video game. And you do. Get this guy working for you. Here we go. As for me, it's Sims always on Instagram. It's on Twitter. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Always no O's. And that's going to do it for the Spooktacular, episode 308. Hopefully we brought something new to your horizon. Maybe try some of those. Let us know what you think. And also, thank you again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast. Uh, as per usual, see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And boo from Carlos that I don't want to go in that house that has Barbarian in it. It's it probably just a Barbarian. Maybe it's a Melee movie. It's that like would a- be fucking amazing if they got to the basement and it was like a Conan sort of a thing. Yeah. And then how how the main characters win is they do a dodge roll out of the way. Uh, we should get some. We should play some bets on this. I got five bucks. I got no money on that. <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs>